Hello, it is Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, October 19th, 2021, years after the year zero. Not just Aaron, Mike Pereira, a couple other surprises as well. The boys are on fire. I'm the luckiest dude on earth that I get to be here and be a part of this. If you enjoy this show by the end of it, please be a friend and tell a friend. If not, just act like it never happened. Let's get to it. Obviously, every single Tuesday of the NFL season, when you wake up, it's just a better day. Oh, yeah. You know? That that walk to the John, mm-hmm. you know, you're about to take, yep. just seems like you're a little bit lighter, like you're floating there. It's, it's right. immediately upon waking up, and even if you lost your bet because you thought the Bills were a complete wagon, and you thought they were going to beat the Titans in Tennessee, and then you had to be forced to remember that Derrick Henry is... A human that makes zero sense to anybody on earth. He is faster than the smallest guy. He's more powerful than the biggest guy. Scoring three tuds last night on his way to another 2,000-yard season potentially. Being the biggest back we've ever seen. The guy's a stud. He makes no sense. And even after, you lost because you bet against that. Mm -hmm. Ugh. You still feel great while you're taking that shit. That's oh, yeah. right. Oh, you know, yeah. the, the, the air is just smelling fresher. Yeah. You go and brush your teeth. Oh, I'm hitting every single crack. Wow. It seems like everything's really going well. You hop in the shower, the water is perfect. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's perfect temperature. You drive in because on Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, you get a chance to chit-chat with a guy who's a reigning, defending, undisputed MVP of the NFL, a man who had one of the biggest weekends of all time because after jaunting in for a touchdown in Chicago he told the city one of the most epic lines we have ever heard on a sports field and we get to chat with him I love Tuesdays is it Tuesday yet we ask all week and now it is officially Aaron Rodgers Tuesday and this conversation is going to be large oh yeah can't wait to dive into it. What will the next book be? Huh? Ooh. I got a fucking bookcase over here where a State Farm uh, thing used to be. Oh, yeah. Smart. I put a bookcase in over here. I don't know if you see it. All the books from the book club. You Are the Universe was this past week's book. Wow. You wow. love it. Great ah. book. Science. Hey, me and the other book clubbers, we were talking about how, hey, those first couple, you know, for me, days of reading there, sure. there's pretty thick shit going on Very. in there. Albert Einstein makes an appearance yeah. in this particular mm-hmm. one. Another guy named Tagor, dude, he yeah. fucking shows yeah. up. He's talking Albert Einstein. This one was the toughest read by far. Oh, yeah, yes. hands down. If you were a new reader or maybe hadn't read in a long time and you had been, you know, traveling through the Aaron Rodgers book club voyage, oh. those first few books, all right, awesome, good stories, easy to tell. This one, a little bit more difficult. This was a uh, this was a 10th grade advanced uh, reading level. Yeah, oh, yeah. This is 11th, sure. 12th, you know, maybe even oh, yeah. AP out there. But Whew. I can't wait to see what the next book club uh, uh, book is. I hope it's uh, maybe a coloring book. As well. Yeah, oh. yeah. yeah. maybe like sweet. Old Yeller or something like yeah. that. No, 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 not Old Yeller. Why not? What happened? Old Yeller's a great book. Yeah, yeah we don't need that right now. Where the Redfern grows. No, 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 no. That's a good one. We don't need Marley and me either. I don't know if that's a book. We don't need any of the things that you're about to say. Maybe Homeward Bond. Oh. Is Homeward Bond have a book? Hatchet or Brian's Winter to commemorate the late, great, fallen Gary Paulson, who died last week. Great author. Rest in peace, Gary Rest in peace, Gary Wow, I didn't know that. I did not know Gary Bassett. Holy shit. Busted up big time over the weekend. He wrote my two favorite books. All right, Atom Diggs is here. He is the... uh, 
I guess the reading aficionado there. Yeah. For Hatchet and Brian's winner, I am. Yeah, absolutely. Hatchet was a great movie, or a great book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Probably Connor, a good movie, too. It, it was, yeah. yeah I should make got us through the thing we had to do there. Uh, it is a great Aaron Rodgers Tuesday. We can't thank you enough for joining us. Cannot wait to see what the book is, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea any of these books existed, obviously. The Giver, I, I guess I got because we had to do it in high school and had to act like I read it then. Mm-hmm. But Where Men Win Glory actually bought the book. We'll actually read that at some point. There you go. I think the book club's very cool, but the conversation about what he did in Chicago is going to be one that's a little bit mightier. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait to dive into that, but we have to continue to chat about what happened last evening. So not only did A.J. Hawk and myself come to terms on an agreement that we're both going to take the Buffalo Bills minus six in Nashville on Monday Night Football. Mm. Yeah. Okay, and that's because what the Buffalo Bills had been going into last night's game was nothing short of a buzzsaw. They had been dominating people ever since they got embarrassed, in their words, against the Pittsburgh Steelers week one at home uh, to kick the season off. When the Pittsburgh Steelers did a bunch of different coverages and made uh, Josh Allen's life a little bit more difficult, everybody thought at that point, whoa, do the Bills, like, what is this all about? Because last year they took another step. Josh Allen continued to get good. He got paid. Do they stink? Ever since that game, they have been dominating NFL football teams, blowing teams out, making them look bad. Maybe a score would be scored, but it wouldn't be really uh, indicative of the story of the entire game with what the Bills have been doing to people. Last night, they did. They, yeah, they yeah. continued to be an incredible offensive juggernaut. Josh Allen is going to be... So good. He's mm-hmm. so large. He seems to have this mentality that he's uber competitive. Mm-hmm. He doesn't really get rattled that much. Seems like people like him. I love watching him. And Stephon Diggs always seems to be open. I don't know how that happens. Uh, I don't know if uh, <laughs> I don't know if Jackrabbit like the uh, like you oh, know, yeah, I just, Jackrabbit Janky. I just feel like the Buffalo Bills offense is going to continue to go. And you even heard people this morning and last night saying, we think the Buffalo Bills are going to be a team in the end. This is coming off a loss on Monday Night Football to the Tennessee Titans, also 4-2, who I don't think anybody's having a conversation about the Titans potentially going in there. But if the Titans team can get Derrick Henry going like they have been, by the way, second halves of games have looked much different for the Tennessee Titans than in the first half of games these last few weeks. And if you haven't been watching the entire game, because maybe you have the Titans game on, and in the first half they look like this, what is this? Like this is not, and I'm not saying this is every game, but this has happened. Like, oh, I'm not going to watch this game. This is going to be something else. In the second half, they are normally a very different team because Derrick Henry, the human you saw last night, he just wears on him and wears on him and wears on him. And I know that was an idea in theory that was had like in years past, but Ryan Tannehill was still throwing for like 300 and some yards. They were throwing the ball more than they would, and it didn't seem like they were doing. Now it is a real thing. Hey, we are going to feed this guy. He got like uh, 50 million, I think, or 25 million. I forget what it was. A year, right? Four sixty-four or something. I don't remember what he. he well, only two years of guarantee. It's yeah, really only yeah. a two-year uh-huh. deal. I forget exactly what it is, but he just got paid. And normally, when running backs get paid, right, the big question mark is: Will they be able to last to withstand however much? Derrick Henry doesn't seem to be slowing down. Now we're going into week seven already. Wow! By I know. Damn. Mm-hmm. God. Slow down. Jeez, what is going on? Well, we got an extra game. Extra week. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Extra week. Extra week. Extra week. Extra week. Extra week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extra week. But anyways, well, I guess that kind of 
debunks what I was about to say. It looks like he's not slowing down. Looks like he's only getting better. Ryan Tannehill obviously can do the job. AJ Brown, if he's not pooping his pants because yeah. he's eating at Chipotle, Whoa. he he had a big night last night after that. Julio got hurt again. I'm not sure. This has been a rocky start, it seems like, to the Julio Tennessee Titan era. Hopefully this is not a sign of how things will completely be. But hopefully if they get Julio back in there with that catch he made, he still has the ability to be unbelievable. Hopefully Taylor Luan comes back from his concussion. That was very scary. Mm -hmm. How long was he out for? Felt like a while. Yeah, the couple. That was minutes. an entire like commercial break. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. then at some point you got to think about brain activity, right? If you're out for too long, everything. Because he looked like he was not moving. There. Scary as hell. Taylor, hey, T's and P's, pal. T's and P's. Godspeed to Taylor One. That was scary as hell. But that team, if the defense can pick it up, why are why is anybody talking about the Tennessee Titans maybe making a run? The run game can travel as long as Derrick Henry is healthy. The defense is going to have to yeah. figure it out yeah. mightily. But they just got to win over the Bills, and the Bills have been ragdolling teams. Yeah. But the big conversation is: Can the Bills still go? I think yes. But the Titans have gotten overlooked in this entire conversation this morning. I think. Yeah, the Bills are going to be fine. They're incredibly fun to watch. Like I, I feel like oh, we've, I feel like. We've seen them at least four times on primetime already this year, and but all of their games are super entertaining. And I think that is the thing. The Titans, everyone always talks about how much their defense stinks, but they had a couple big stops last night, got some turnovers. Like, and if their offense can play like that, then there's not going to be. I mean, they're going to be competitive with damn near everyone. Vrabel looks like, and you tweeted this, I think, and it's very real. At all times of the game, he wants to smack somebody right in the fucking mouth. Yeah. Yep. Who pissed him? Like, who's talking in his ear? They must be the most annoying, yeah. mean person of mm -hmm. all time. Because he is he is furious, it seems like, all game. Oh, Intense, yeah. passionate. And they say, you know, the team will hopefully pick, on, or pick up the identity of the coach. On the offensive side, it feels like they do, you yeah. know? Taylor leaves the game, and although he was not in for that last play when Josh Allen was trying to get it because that was yeah. the Buffalo Bills team. <laughs> right. True. Yeah. Bruce... Christmas started this morning. He was so long weekend. Yeah, it has happened. It has happened to me so many times. But the internet is relentless. Where you just get one particular little thing wrong, where it's on one team, and then you go very hard in the paint about yeah, that. Yeah, and it's whatever the case is. But Taylor Lewan, once he, they still continue to go, and that's an all-pro left tackle. Now he's been he's had to go through a couple injuries, and obviously last night was very scary. But if that offense can continue to operate, I guess with the downsizing of defenses. Right, because defenses have kind of gotten smaller, faster. They move around, and you got a guy that's what, whatever the hell Derrick Henry yeah. is. Yeah, I, I, alien. Sixty. He is an alien. Mm -hmm. He should not be twenty-one point eight miles an hour, the fastest I guess, or whatever. Absurd. And is he the fastest he's been? He's pulling away from guys that are the most athletic people walking this earth. And he's just pulling away at the size and speed. He's unbelievable. He's been like this, I guess, since high school, though, too, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. He's been doing this to everybody since high school. The Titans, though, they're early. It was uh, He would have flashes. He, one primetime game, he'd score like four touchdowns, and then somehow nobody would be watching the games, including all of us that are probably listening. And he wouldn't. He would have like 45 yards or something. Yep. And it was like, what's going on? What's happening? And then allegedly, he and Eddie George had a conversation. And Eddie George convinced him or had a conversation with him that changed his uh, maybe his viewpoint and then since then it has been the derrick henry the king henry show and he's just continued to go man it's a it's a fun team to watch but to your point about the bills it seems like there's a tough group yeah mm -hmm. fly around mm -hmm. I, I mean you kick the field goal you get extra, yeah, extra exactly. football right what are we you get doing extra football but also do you think you could stop derrick henry if you lose that coin toss 
Yeah, the know, way he'd been playing. Yeah. Like with with how he had been rolling. Right. Like at that point of the game, going into overtime, I, I don't know if any coach was confident that they could get a stop. I'm mm-hmm. not 100% yeah. sure if yeah. anybody could. So Sean McDermott rolling the dice there. And everybody knows we have had a conversation about analytics on this show. Because mm-hmm. we think analytics can definitely paint a picture. Okay. And we're not saying they're all bad, but it, n- analytics can also paint a picture that maybe isn't exactly the right one or the the real life one that could be potentially be potentially happening in the moment we always wonder how some stats are used and other stats aren't because for every stat this way there is probably a stat that can go the other way as well and i guess the stats all the different stat teams were coming out this morning talking about sean mcdermott's decision to go for it on fourth and like a half yard or whatever as opposed to kicking the gimme field goal for big ball bass and tying that thing up and getting it overtime all the stats are saying uh, that's the right move. Uh, our our analytical predictor says that 54% of the time they would win if they were to do that every time and 46% of the time if they were to kick the field goal and send it to overtime. It's like, okay, stats. Is Derrick Henry on the other fucking sideline mm-hmm. in all of those stats? Yeah. Has that guy scored, has somebody on the other team scored three touchdowns and has only seemed to get faster and stronger as the game? Is that in there? And I think that is where, you know, the conversation kind of has to take place with all the stats not saying that i because in this particular case i agree with the stats Mm -hmm. but the people that disagree that are getting these stats thrown in their face they're also thinking like tell me when derrick henry was on the other side of that how many numbers that is can we break that can we break that particular stat down into a tighter stat that there's an alien playing running back on the other side how many times has that happened can we get the percentage on that whole thing it's a fascinating discussion that is only going to continue to evolve well, and you look at, like, the, there's no way – Josh Allen, too, like, you expect him to get that every Bingo, time. Bingo, he's like, huge. Yeah. I, I, I would, if I'm Sean McDermott, I go for it every single time. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, Josh Allen's not saying, like, oh, let's kick the field goal. He's out there saying, like, fuck it, let's go for it. I, I might score on this play. And, and, you know, just one of those things where he slips or whatever, takes a step back. And that's football. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's football, baby. Hey, that's going to happen. In, on the road, too. Hindsight is always a, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. a beautiful thing. Now that the world's opening back up, so many new thrills are on the horizon. Okay. And whether you've been in a relationship for years or just getting started, we're excited to get back out there and meet new people. Hell yeah. When the moment comes, it's not come too quick. Oh, (laughs) here we go. That is not what they had in their copy. Okay. <laughs> they should. That was, I think they're going in a different direction. So let's go back a sentence or two. Okay. Okay. When you, when the moment comes, you want to be ready. Hell That's yeah. true. Yeah. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, Ooh. all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Once you take care of that, though, you get the Roman swipes. And guess what? Ha! Huh. Last a long time. Banging up, banging up, banging up. Yeah, it's Pete Alonzo at the all <laughs> yes. at the home run derby. That's right, dingers. Downtown. Bingo. David Ocup- <laughs> Population, you dude. Hell yeah. Roman ready equals confidence. The confidence that you know you can rise to the occasion in the moment. We're looking at the Summer of Love 2021 version, and Roman wants to make sure you can participate in your way. Whether that be as a single person or a couple who would still rather stay in with each other, a U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you for free with two-day shipping. Okay. That's huge. Free? 
the shipping's free. Wow. I believe. Not the... Not the yeah, medication. Free no. two-day shipping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, go to GetRoman.com slash McAfee today, and if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of ED treatment. Okay. That's G-E-T-R-O-M-A-N.com slash M-C-A-F-E-E. And if you're prescribed, you can get 50% off your first month of erectile dysfunction treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this summer. Roman ready. World has been awaiting this conversation that's about to take place right here. As an incredible group of dumbasses gets a chance to chat with a man who shut down the internet after a statement, after scoring an end zone, scoring a touchdown on a run in an end zone in Chicago, then telling Chicago that he owns them. Ladies and gentlemen, Green Bay Packer quarterback, founder of the Aaron Rodgers Book Club, Current MVP, number 12 for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. What's up? Yeah! Yeah! What's up, dude? Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, hey H. You still wearing that uh, that same shirt, H, huh? Yeah. That's hey, it's his, 90, his 95th birthday. You know it was his 95th birthday yesterday, but have some respect for some of the legends. Uh, happy birthday, Chuck Berry. <laughs> Obviously, Chuck Berry, incredible at music. And AJ doesn't know anything about any of that. He only knows about his mm-hmm. home video collection. Uh, Aaron, it is fantastic seeing you here today. How's the body feel? How is life? Uh, how are you with week seven on the horizon here? Yeah, body feels great. Tuesdays is a special day for me. I get, um, get to squat in the morning. And not even on my, you know my home gym i get to squat at the facility and then uh i got a massage and then i get to talk to you guys so it's a nice little tuesday i'd say well people forget about your legs i think that is potentially why you had to remind some folks there that we are still squatting around here oh, and this yeah. past <laughs> week you looked quick i tweeted early in the game that you look faster than tyreek hill you started out to the right there then you had a quarterback sneak where it looked like you enjoyed being in the middle of the pile and kind of mixing it up and then obviously that touchdown where you scamper in get pushed late as you're going in there incredibly athletic roll to the knee to the biggest belt we have ever seen. Welcome back, by the way. And I don't know if that was in response to Quinn doing the belt or not. But then you stand up and you state something to a crowd of people in Chicago that will be talked about forever. You have said that you saw one lady uh, flipping you off. You blacked out and went banana lands and said one of the greatest, most epic quotes of all time. Pictures have shown that it wasn't just a lady, by the way. It seemed like all of Chicago was flipping you off. Was that something that just happened spur of the moment? Do you believe that you own Chicago, Aaron Rodgers? Is that the case? It was definitely spur of the moment. And I am proud of uh, my runs. You know, there's been there's been some local media folks in Green Bay who've you know, talked ad nauseum about my uh, uh, decreasingly uh, decreasing ability to kind of get out of the pocket and make things happen. So to have an explosive run on the first possession, to have a sneak, which, you know, that was really for my teammates because especially David Bakhtiari, uh, the biggest troll in the facility now that uh, Corey Lindsley's not there anymore, he loves to tell me what an awful quarterback sneak <laughs> guy I am. I mean, it's one of his favorite things to do. So to be able to pull that one out and to be able to uh, get the old pump fake working in the end zone was pretty special. Now, when I got in the end zone and I watched it back and I don't think Eddie really hit me. I mean, it was very close to the goal line, 
So I don't think there was a malicious hit from Eddie Jackson there. But uh, I've done that a few times, kind of maybe eased up a little bit too early on the sidelines. Julius Peppers, my old teammate, rocked me in 2008 against Carolina on the sidelines. That's when I thought I'd learned my lesson, obviously not. But uh, Eddie didn't hit me as hard as he could have. But when I got down to my knee and I looked up, all I could see in here was obscenities and... I don't know. I just spur of the moment hit my mind. I talked about, you know, the blacking out idea. The blacking out is is just things happen that are on they're not planned. You know, I didn't plan on telling the crowd that I own them. I think based on the statistical uh, reference of my career win percentage down there and against them, uh, definitely our teams have, have done some good things. Um, I know I used I a few times. Uh, but I do feel like it's a we thing. Okay. Really, since Favre took over, we flipped that entire series on its head. I think when Favre took over, we were double digits in the hole in the all-time series. The series has been going on for 100 years plus, and now we're seven up. So it feels good to be on this side of it. And that was a special moment looking back. I didn't realize how crazy it would go. And, you know, teammates chiming in from MVS to – my buddy Kurt, uh, Ben Kurt is in our room, uh, you know, our third string quarterback to just about everybody. I love the response of my teammates uh, backing me up. The belt was not a response to Robert Quinn. I actually didn't even see him do it. And like I said, uh, uh, you know, after the game, I'm, I, I like Robert a lot. I think he's a, he's a good human. And, and I've played against him a number of times on a couple different teams. And, and so he's not somebody that I would have a problem with doing the belt. But that was definitely spur of the moment. And, and, uh, you know, it's fun. I don't regret it at all. How quickly did you learn uh, after you offended Zito and the rest of uh, all of the people <laughs> in Chicago? Did you learn, hey, this is a thing? Like, did you get to the sidelines and a couple minutes later, Big Tom and some PR people were like, hey, you're going to have to answer some questions about this one. <laughs> uh, Tom Fanning uh, told me about it after the game. A lot of times, I mean, that's a, it's not, uh, you know, a rare thing to happen. There's always trash talk between fans and players. I mean, I've heard some of the most ridiculous things and craziest uh, combination of uh, words and slurs and, and insults over the years uh, on the road. And there's back and forth from time to time. It just It's rare that it gets picked up uh, the way it did on Sunday. So it's, it's you know, it's not a it's not like that was a, you know something that never happened. There's always conversation between players and fans, and and most opposing fans are like the Chicago fans that it's not the happiest, or friendliest of back and forths. But I found out about it after the game, and I realized that it was you know probably going to be a thing, not maybe as big a thing as it went to, you know, with you know some of the things that I saw. But I, that is the state of of our media, and let me just. Uh, <laughs> And in really our culture, not just media, but that's the state of our culture, I think, uh, this this woke PC culture. Um, and if I may just, you know, elaborate just slightly on, on my feelings on this, if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. This is awesome. I think that in general, my feelings are this. Um, there's a PC woke culture that exists, and there's a cancel culture at the same time. And it's based on people's own feelings of maybe personal miserability or dis distaste for their own situations or life or just the enjoyment of holding other people down underneath their thumb. But when you engage in this culture, you're immersed in it and you're, and you're in it so much. And, and for me, you know, when I took uh, time in the off season to work on myself and to work on my mental status and 
And to get myself in the right frame of mind, I was being selfish, right? That's what, you know, or non-responsive and selfish and entitled. Um, when I, you know, came back and said what I said, uh, what I felt like was at the right time and, and spoke the truth, uh, the same sentiments were shared. Maybe not by as many people, because I think a lot of people respected what I said, but the same sentiments were shared. When these uh, ridiculous sentiment, uh, sentiments and storylines and narratives get drawn out about me about... Pick a topic, you know, from, uh, you know, my family to uh, my leadership style to, you know, um, you know, and they just go on and on. And people start thinking, well, he hasn't responded to it, so it must be true, right? Uh, and then and they run with these stories, right? But then I, when I respond to it and set the record straight, when I finally said, okay, enough is enough. This thing has gotten so far and it's so ridiculous at this point that I'm being sensitive. When week one, uh, you know... I have been there, unfortunately, before in a few dud games, and people think I don't have enough passion, uh, I don't care about what's going on, uh, you know, then I'm passionless, I'm not all in. When I make a statement after a touchdown run and puts up two scores, now I'm not a sportsman, now I'm making this shit about me. You know, this, is the, this is the thing that, that goes on, and, and ultimately, Pat, there's, there's a game within the game, right? And in this game, there's a player and there's a game. And if the player abides by the rules of the game, he's a part of the game. Now, the rules of the game are that you must acquiesce with the woke mob at all times. You must. However, when you live above the game, the game does not exist. And, Pat, that's where I'm at. These things, I realize them, I see them, but I'm not a part of this game that's being played. This game is being played out by these these individuals, and I see it, I hear it, but to me, it's comedy. It's not... Okay, it's- Aaron, can I ask you, and that was... By the way, I'm incredibly happy and proud that we are the platform that you get a chance to speak for yourself on, by the way. So, hey, thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Love you, Aaron. Love you. This makes me think, though, and, and by the way, you are everything that happens in your life is chatted about by everybody, which I think is obviously an incredible gift because you've had this opportunity to have this career that you had and being the MVP of the NFL, people are naturally going to speak about you. And then obviously it's a curse when everything that you do is put under a spotlight. And I think you've understood that that is your life for some time. And I appreciate the fact that we're getting to know a little bit more about you. Did you think that it was more a negative response to the I still own you thing? Because I'm going to be honest, Maybe I just have too many blinders on. Everybody I saw loved it. I mean, Chicago yeah, isn't going to love it. But everybody, like, I don't know if you heard Darius Butler came on yesterday. And he was like, to see a quarterback act like that is awesome. Because normally quarterbacks are always the right answer. And I think this is what you're referring to. Always in cliches, always working hard, always this. And as soon as you step out of line a little bit, I could see there being a little bit of negativity. But at this point, isn't it, wasn't everybody on your side? Or was there people actually attacking you in this particular uh, world? Well, I don't know about attacking. I mean, Tom sends me choice uh, articles from time to time about what is being said about certain, certain things. Uh, I mean, my teammates and the organization, I think, really loved it. I think most Packer fans enjoyed it as well. Hey, I we loved it. Hey, we loved it. Zito? 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 No, hate it. Oh, okay, see, us from Chicago. He was supposed <laughs> to hate it. He was supposed to hate it. I saw, I saw Olin Kurt said he wanted to punch me in the face. Uh, <laughs> Look, I think I think that is to say, and I I don't know Olin, and I respect him. He played in the league for a long time, but are we getting that soft as a society that we can't have <laughs> worth now? I mean, 
you know, somebody can somebody can pay for a ticket and say whatever the hell they want, which I think they should be able to. It's fine. But the one time you say something back to them, that gets caught on it. That gets caught on hot mic, which, you know, like I said, there's a lot of stuff that gets said from time to time. Now it's that, you know, I've disrespected, you know, an entire city and organization and my own organization. Well, and Justin Fields, you said Justin Fields stinks whenever uh-huh. you told Chicago that you owned him or whatever. You're an asshole. I guess I did see this. I'm sorry. I guess, I did, I'm just now realizing that you were a terrible person for it. Although in my house and in where we are, like that is the coolest thing we've seen in some time. I said it was going to go down as something to talk about. Uh, people talk about forever as well. Like Randy Moss. Okay, mm-hmm. the um, the uh, to with the uh, autograph, yep, uh, the yeah. ball, and you telling a city that you own them when you're 22 and five against them, fucking some of the greatest competitive trash talk in the history of trash talk. Well, back when I first got in the league and when I grew up watching it, I feel like trash talk was a little more normalized, and you didn't have to you know, apologize if you said something that offended you know a few people <laughs> in a city and. You know, like I said, I mean, I have a lot of respect for the for the city and and for the sports fans. It's been a great rivalry over the years, Thank you. but we have gotten the better of them for for a while now. I mean, I don't think I was saying anything that wasn't necessarily close to the truth. If you don't like it, that's fine. That's your prerogative. But let me just clear up one thing as well that you were talking about. Like, I'm so fortunate for this platform, especially this one, to be on here talking with you guys. Like, it means a lot to me because. I think people get to see me in a little bit of a different light. You know, that I'm not a repeating robot, cliche-ridden uh, leader of a franchise. I actually have a personality and thoughts and opinions that uh, I think align with most people. Um, but I'm not a victim either. I'm not a victim. I don't look at myself as a victim or I don't want people to feel bad for me because of uh, the spotlight that I'm in and the platform that I have and the, and the scrutiny that comes with it. I accept all of it. I really do. I don't have a problem with it. Um, I just think that it is for me, helps me to uh, keep sane when I can recognize and point out that there is this culture that exists that gets off, I think, on uh, shrinking people, keeping them small, keeping them in a box, uh, quieting them through uh, cancelization or demeaning comments, and that I also exist outside of that in a different realm where um, I do feel confident in things I say and I do stand behind what I do. And I like to speak the truth, and I'm not a part of this, uh, you know, uh, woke uh, cancel culture that gets off on uh, trying to silence people all the time. And you said you are like you're above the game, or you see it, you 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 understand it's out there, but it doesn't really affect your day to day or anything going on in your life. Have you always been like that, or did you feel like earlier in your career was there ever times where you like, oh man, I I'm paying too much attention, good or bad, to what's going on around me? Uh, well, I mean, age you've known me for a long time, and I've always um, been, uh, you know, more of a private person. I just felt like that was the best way to to handle business issues uh, in my own family, relational things, um, issues with the organization. I just, you know, that's kind of been my, my way of doing things. And when you do that, sometimes you allow this narrative to kind of uh, run wild. I mean, it wasn't the same 15 years ago, you know, but... but in today's day and age, it's, it's better to write an article that has a catchy, uh, you know, tagline than to, you know, get some sort of response from both sides. So that's why I enjoy this show because it allows me to actually set the record straight on some of these things. And I don't think when I was younger, I just enjoyed my privacy and just I wouldn't respond to certain things that I didn't want to because I believed in keeping my relationships private and and having like sacred spaces of you know 
uh, of energy for those uh, you know those type of relationships. Now I still believe in in having a good balance and separation, but I'm not afraid to to rewrite these false narratives that are out there. That it gives me the opportunity or the power to uh, take back some of those narratives that were false when they were written and continue to be false if they're propagated at this point. Well, and I think that was kind of the, I don't want to say the basis for why Aaron Rodgers Tuesday started, but in the Bahamas, we had what, like a 14-hour rain delay yeah, and we're just sitting delay. there. Ty drank all of the jack, I think, that the entire <laughs> golf course had. I might have had all of the beer, but we were sitting down just chit-chatting and I was I didn't know much about you at that point all I had known uh, as basically what I heard and what I'd seen from you on the internet and what you played football and what teammates had said about you that maybe came to the Colts and chit-chatted but as we chatted there for I don't know it felt like a couple hours at the end of it I was like man nobody knows any of this shit about you and the reason why I know that is because I don't know any of this shit about you and I feel like this could potentially be a cool thing and that was when you said I've just always decided to kill him with indifference or whatever so we I'm very thankful that that, you know, as you've kind of got to a point in your life where you can say, like, no, there, there's some bullshit that has been said about me. That's a big deal, Aaron. Hey, yeah. that's a big step. Look at us. We're taking big time fucking steps around here. You are the universe, dude. I, I saw what you posted earlier. I assuming you didn't read it uh, and neither did any of the guys, what but I'm thankful for the notes that that. Uh, they get passed along to you, and I hope at some point you or your, your lovely wife can, you know, spend some time reading that and and you know learn. But but there's a reason that it's number uh, what six in the in the list. It's because I think the other ones you should maybe start with those. And actually, book number seven uh, is is an easy read as well. And I, I look forward to you. Uh, you're reading at some point. Okay. okay. Well, I can't wait for book number seven here for the Aaron Rodgers book club, but I'll tell you. Bears. What do you... <laughs> hey, Bernstein Bears would be dope. How about a oh. coloring book too, huh? Just oh, like, a, yeah. like a bye week. You know what I mean? It's like a bye week. Like maybe... I don't know. Something to think about. You do... It's your book club. Okay. It's not ours. I'm just throwing out ideas here. What do you think... Now nah, we won't get to the book club yet. I got a question on how you think Einstein would align with Ram Dass. I mean, now that you've you've kind of put both of these things into the world with this book club, but let's continue to talk about you playing the football at a very high level. Um, wish, and we'll kind of put a you know a bow on this entire Chicago conversation. The fact that it's still a real rivalry is cool to me. Like I, I think that is very cool to me. I, I don't know how often that happens in the NFL. I know there's divisional rivals and everything like that, but as players come and go, they're not as tied to the rivalry as maybe in college you would be because you're there for four or five years and you kind of know and it, it's bought in. The fact that the Packers and the Bears are a rivalry still I think is amazing. And I don't know if you're a big part of upholding that because he told us that Big Mike would show videos of all these highlight hits between the Bears and the Packers over the years. But did you, when you said and got to the point of uh, ownership over Chicago, you, that is something like, I think you took real, like you, you really, you take that to heart, like that the Packers are better than the Bears over your tenure and over Favre's. And then you were asked afterwards if this was potentially going to be the last time you get to do this to Chicago as a Packer in this rivalry. And I think you said something about, you're not so sure that this is the last one. Have you thought about long-term 
in this world, and I know you're very much a be present, be in there, but whenever you said you weren't sure if this was going to be the last one or you, you don't think that's going to be the case, you alluded to basically like being in Chicago and potentially landlording them again. But have you had a thought, chance to think about your future and what the world is? Because outside, the conversation is very loud from every single city that thinks they potentially will get Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> uh, you know, to be, to be frank... Uh, before the game, I was I was thinking about how many times we've been in a locker room, and that was my 18th time in a locker room, my 15th time, uh, 14th time starting against them at uh, uh, at Soldier Field. And anybody who's been in a locker room knows it's you know it's it's one of the smaller locker rooms uh, in the NFL. I'm always tucked kind of back in the left in the same spot next to next to mace and uh you know a lot of times the hot water doesn't work it's just like one of those and you don't even mind it's just one of those things the hot water by the way was working uh, after the game so big thank way to go Chicago. Uh, times it hasn't it hasn't been over the years maybe that's because the pipes are just so goddamn frozen because of the cold weather we played in but um i was thinking i was wondering what it would feel like to walk off the field and in that moment if it would feel like it was going to be my last time or not and so I was, you know, I was generally uh, looking forward to what that felt like. And the way I felt walking on the field was why I answered the question the way I answered it. It didn't feel like the last time um, for whatever reason. I'm not sure why uh, necessarily, but energetically it didn't feel like it was the last time walking off that field. It was a special feeling again to, to win uh, at that place, to win by double digits, an important game for us. Um, but also to, to talk about our special rivalry is I did mention that uh, uh, to Justin after the game, I got a chance to meet him and and talk about how much I've admired watching him play so far uh, in his young young career. Uh, but also told him how special the rivalry is and just to embrace it and that I hope he gets you know many 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 years of enjoying this uh, this rivalry because it is one of those special things. And I think for whatever reason, some of that uh, rivalry may have you know luster may might wane from from year to year, but it doesn't wane for the fans, not at all. It doesn't wane for the those of us who love the history of the NFL and the history of rivalries like this, it's always going to be special. I've obviously played in more of them than anybody on our squad, and and there's been some amazing, amazing victories, some tough losses as well. Uh, thankfully, more of those victories. Uh, but there's been some iconic, there's been some iconic players who've played in this rivalry for the last, I don't know, hundred years. Uh, you, you know, most of the names you think about are in the you know got a yellow jacket. They're in the Hall of Fame. Um, and you look around at our stadium, at the names in the bowl, and look on their stadium. There's some some of the people who made the league what the league is played in that Bears-Packers rivalry, and, and it's fun to be a part of it. Yeah, it was awesome to watch it unfold, the I own you thing. I think that's why it was so big, because their fans are so passionate about it. You're still passionate about it in a world where it seems like being passionate about something like that might not be something that most people are doing anymore. So I think it's incredibly cool. Uh, let's talk about the team that you have winning by um, winning by 20 or something. The, hey, your squad's getting hot. You guys look like the Packers last year at the end of the season. Um, now, obviously, not the end end of the season, but you know what I'm talking about. It feels like the team is really hitting a groove and we're about to get some players healthy as well. You guys have to be feeling great about everything. Yeah, we're feeling good about things. We, we need to get healthy, though. We, we have... Uh... A lot of guys, uh, a lot of guys banged up. Uh, a lot of guys that we counted on being the season to play, you know, uh, big time snaps for us haven't played. Uh, you know, so we've had to rely on a lot of uh, backups and third stringers. But 
those backups and third stringers, when they play on the field, uh, they're starters. And there's an expectation when you're on the field of your performance. And I'm really proud of those guys, the way they played. Proud of guys like Lucas Patrick, you know, who came in early in that game, um, you know, started a game earlier in the season, been an interior backup for us, and played fantastic. Um, proud of John Runyon. Uh, proud of Yash Nishman. Proud of Royce Newman, our, our rookie. Proud of maybe the unsung hero of the offensive line, Billy Turner. Billy Turner needs to get consideration for the Pro Bowl. I think he, I know we're only six six games in, but he has played outstanding. Yeah, he really has. Um, he is uh, a master of his craft. Uh, nobody works harder at his craft than Billy does. I'm really proud of him. I'm proud of uh, uh, Elton for coming back from his injury and playing left tackle for us. Not sure what Dave's status is going to be, but uh, we're all excited. Uh, you know, he's expecting some sort of parade or, you know, ah! shenanigans for him returning to practice this week. Uh, we'll see what we have in store for him. But we got to get healthy, that's for sure. But to be 5-1 and one with the injuries that we had during this season and the, the schedule that we had is great. You look at uh, our schedule moving forward, we have a tough, uh, tough stretch. We play a Washington team who's going to be in need of a victory, a short week against Arizona, and a longer week at Kansas City. So that's what uh, that's what's in front of us in the next three. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to have to get healthy and, and play some of our best football. A two-part question for me. First, what's uh, what's it like with Lafleur? I, I joked earlier about how you guys you come off the field and like to beat each other up when you get excited. It seems like your relationship is growing and growing. Is he throwing little jabs in your helmet at you, like in the speaker at times, like when you guys go back and forth? I know you have a weird sense of humor. And also, uh, when you're on IR, like, do you usually run uh, solo two-minute drills? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, he broke a huddle, Aaron. He broke a huddle, dude. Have it a half. Have it a half. Have it a half. It was awesome. I, you know what? I'm not even gonna touch that one. I think it's it's already been commented on enough. Why don't you visualize a little bit, Aaron? It might be better. You ever think yeah. about it? You above I the game. Will, I will say that one of my favorite comments was from TJ Lang. You saw what TJ posted. Something about this is what passion looks like, and tagged me on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I can only, I can only imagine how many people thought he was being serious. I think I could speak for TJ and say he wasn't. No, <laughs> no, wow. But to to answer your question, Matt and I are are great. It's it's a fun relationship because. Uh, he's definitely wound a little tighter than I am. So there's multiple times where I like to mess with him on the field, act like I can't hear what he's saying, you know, and tap my helmet, like, and then watch him start to, a, you know, a little bit kind of freak out. Just a little bit. Is he pressing the button down right? Is it off? Is he yelling? You know, does he yell at the, you know, the, uh, the sound guy, you know, the audio guy? And then I look over and laugh and kind of wave or something. But what, you, what, what often happens and happened in the game on Sunday was, uh, There'll be a time, and he'll tell me the play, and then I might have been in a conversation with somebody in the huddle and, and not gotten it. Then I'll kind of you know give one of these, hey, you know, one more time, please. And they'll tell me the play again, and then they'll tell me a, you know, maybe a coaching point that he wants to make sure I remember. Uh, and then he'll tell me the play again, and it'll kind of drawn like this. And it was during a TV timeout or the two minute warning or something, and I uh, it was before that. It was during a TV timeout. I looked over and I was like, hey. I got it, man. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see him go, okay, oh, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, too much, too much. But that's what I love about Matt, because he cares about it so much, 
And and that's why you have to have that balance of you know him and Hackett, you know Hackett being uh, you know definitely more laid back, and him being wound more tight, and how they work together, and then play caller to quarterback, you know him being wound really tight, and me, you know being uh, less less wound tight, and us, you know, we have a good back and forth about it. I tease him, and I think he might have heard this comment. Uh, someone might have told him about the show, but but Matt is a close hugger. Like he loves the like close hug and then almost you know you're kind of like side face to side face sometimes like Jerry and his kid <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so I think I mentioned it on this show and and so this week I don't know if it was planned or not but right after the anthem you know I kind of dap up uh, Devonte and then Randall who always stand next to me and then Maddie's always waiting there with his you know his hand up waiting for you know big high five and. He kind of, it was more bro hug. It wasn't like the close, oh. like, hug, look at you kind of thing. So, hey, look, man, he's he's growing, he's progressing, and, and I love it. Yeah, your relationship has been awesome to watch. I love that two-parter from AJ Journalism. I I have one, uh, it was great, by the way. It was great. I can't believe we didn't get anything out of him on the Russ. On the Russ. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Um, one note that I took here. Uh, too quick. This is a two-parter. Um, you held a play action. Awesome. You ought to play action like I feel like that used to be a part of the game more. You hit that thing behind your hip though on the completion to Big Dog. Why does that not happen every single time? And is that something you take a lot of pride in? Because you held that, and I, I assume you, there's a chance you get blasted there on the other side. It turns into a big play with. Do you always do that? And Big Dog seemed to have a big time weekend, and the, the commentators talked about how the entire sideline loses their shit when Mercedes makes a big play. But that that's for sure happens. The the screen that he caught against Cincy and made a guy miss, kind of uh, ran into a guy. That guy fell down and kept on going, hit a guy on the sidelines. The whole sideline was just going nuts. And that's just because everybody loves Big Dog so much. And, and he contributes so much, and it doesn't often show up in the stat sheet. So when it does, it's a big deal. But as far as that fake, I got to give credit to the man that taught me that fake, and that's none other than Alex Van Pelt. Uh you know, played in the NFL, long-time uh, quarterback coach for me. Now he's coaching at Cleveland, great human, and really good teacher of the fundamentals of the quarterback position. But that's what uh, he used to call the guitar fake. And we even used to watch film of him at Pitt when he was in college doing some of his fakes. And uh, to be honest, I really I loved it. I loved adding kind of that element to, to my game. But so you just kind of let the hand go, and you put the hand down on the notch, um, and and hide it down there. It is. It takes a lot of trust uh, because yeah, you can get totally rocked there if a guy just screamed up field and drilled you. But the fake is usually pretty damn good. And as far as the action, because you're really sticking the ball in, letting the hand go, taking the eyes back to it, and skipping out of it. Um, it's not one we do a whole lot. We might do it once every two or three games, but. It was helped by the fact that we ran power, or par, as they say in Pittsburgh. Ah, uh, power donner. Uh, power donner. We ran power pretty effectively three or four times, and then we ran the fake off of the power. But big uh, shout-out to uh, another Pittsburgh guy, Alex Van Pelt. Yeah, shout-out. And I can already see the news. 
Aaron Rodgers watched film of the University of Pittsburgh Panthers uh, to work on his game, and he said pie game was a big deal. I mean, that is going to be blistered all over Pittsburgh, but that's everything you do in your life. Go ahead, Ty Schmidt. Aaron, Sunday was awesome. Always a pleasure getting to watch you work in person. Listen, I don't want you to shit on the refs, uh, but they were terrible on Sunday, and I think it was after you threw the touchdown to EQ. You were pleading your case out there. One guy called it OPI. One called it incomplete. One called it a touchdown. Is that the kind of thing where, like, after the game, ultimately it didn't matter, you know, you guys won, but will you go talk to the refs and be like, hey, this, this, is, this kind of stuff can't happen, or does it kind of die when you're done talking to them? Well, first of all, Ty, great to have you in the house. Yeah, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Really glad you got to be there. Appreciate you, uh, you being there, and I, I'm sure you had uh, as much fun or more. Uh, than we did uh, playing that game. But I will say this. The referees, again, they have a really tough job. They have a, a really, really tough job. They have to make split-second decisions, um, objective calls and subjective calls. Um, and those those lines are blurred uh, even more by uh, certain, certain plays in general, especially the interior line stuff is so difficult. But they have a really tough job to do. And the scrutiny on them, because we have so many cameras on our field and, and slow motion capabilities, is at an all-time high. So, uh, they again, they have a really tough job to do. Uh, in that situation, from my vantage point, it looked like illegal contact. Um, and if you lo- if you watch it back, EQ's running and out and up from the slot. And for sure there's illegal contact on the goal line. Um, then I throw maybe my best throw of the day, and he comes down with an incredible catch, a guy who was... Uh, released from the team, signed back to the practice squad, thankfully, and has been such a great, uh, uh, great part of uh, what we're doing and, and unselfish guy. My question was first, how in the hell is that OPI? Because it didn't look like it. And Deputy watched the replay back, there's no way it was. My second was, I've known the back to for a long time and I have a lot of respect for him. And I just want to know what he saw because he said it wasn't, he didn't make the penalty and he actually said he didn't get his feet down. So that was what I wasn't over there. Um, you know, yelling about an OPI. I just I wanted to uh, uh, to ask him what he saw. He he didn't think uh, he got his feet down, and so that was enough for me to to, to move forward. Like they're going to make mistakes from time to time, and I think they have a really tough job to do. Um, we all want them to be perfect. That's not realistic. Um, there's we have measures in place to help them uh, from time to time, but it is a really tough job to do. It is very tough, and uh, they are exercising that freedom and uh excuse uh a bit much i think at the mm-hmm. moment but hopefully they'll get it all figured out i don't know who called you there hopefully it wasn't roger goodell telling you stop talking about the refs i think you painted a great picture there because now it is time it is something i look forward to every single week Aaron. this is something that i never thought as a 34 year old that this is something that i would be looking forward to especially with the life that i lived ladies and gentlemen it is time now for the seventh installment of the biggest, baddest book club on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another reveal of the Aaron Rodgers book club. Drum roll, please. At first, it was The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, the Brazilian author with over 16 million followers on Twitter. Put on a cheese head and said, Aaron, I appreciate you. Then it was where men win glory with Pat Tillman's story. It was amazing. Then the giver, be here now. The four agreements, you are the universe, was a bit dense, but the people cannot wait for week seven of the Aaron Rodgers Book Club, which will be... None other than 
The Art of War. Oh, shit! Oh, oh, Sun Tzu! Sun Tzu, yeah. It's, it's, I don't know, you almost, if I didn't know your history, I would, I would guess you've actually read it by your excitement, but uh, it's a book that I think uh, most great leaders uh, have read at some point. Uh, it's been around, obviously, for uh, millennia. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's a great one. I think it's an easy read. A lot of great uh, great wisdom in here, and one-liners that you can use in your life, and in press conferences down the road as well, and in speeches to your team when you're trying to fire up the boys, or AJ when you're trying to fire up uh, Hendrix's flag football team. Um, definitely some good stuff in there. So the Art of War. I've been sitting on this one because it's such a special book. And it's been read by millions and millions of people around the world, maybe billions. Oh, man. Um, but it's definitely one that uh, that uh, every great uh, leader or person striving to lead uh, men and women should uh, should read at some point. I appreciate and respect the book choice. I learned of it when Rick, Rick Ross used it as a bar, and I looked into it. Hey, you got to be where they don't think you're going to be, okay? Appear strong when weak, appear weak when strong. Go ahead and do your thing if you're going to be in the art of war. I cannot wait to dive back into that book. Thank you for having others do it. I think we're all becoming better people through the book club. We're becoming better readers through the book club. And I think we're becoming better thinkers. And that's what it's all about here, Aaron, isn't it? Isn't that what Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is all about? Yeah, ultimately, but you just got to be here now. And I'm thankful we get to be here now every Tuesday. Hey, no matter... When we get to wherever we're going, and no matter when we were where we were were at one one time, mm-hmm. we're always one thing. What's that? Right here. That's right. Oh, yeah. Let's enjoy this. I enjoy every Tuesday. Is it Tuesday yet? I'm not 100 percent sure, but I do know that the man who's the reigning MVP. <laughs> Are we doing this? Are we doing this? Is this how we're doing it? Give my sign. All right, Pat. See you, buddy. No! Wait, I thought we were playing a song! Ah. Speaking of hindsight, we get a chance to do this whenever we talk about, you know, officiating. Sure. The whole world gets to do this. So every once in a while, we get a chance to chat with a guy who's an absolutely OG in the officiating game. Okay? OG of the... Oh, gee. Hell yeah. A man who is on Fox speaking incredibly handsomely and cleverly. And a guy who comes on this show and I believe explains to us why what we are saying about officials isn't always as accurate or as, um, you know, properly contexted as it should be. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Pereira. What's going on, dude? Well, you're speaking of bad calls and Sean McDermott and his call. I'll tell you a bad, stupid fucking call. Just before talking to you, I paid an electrician $100 cash five minutes ago to push the reset button on my utility box because I'm not smart enough to push the damn reset button to turn on all the outdoor lights again. $100 five minutes ago, a waste of money, and now I've got you. They couldn't just tell you that on the phone? Hey, hey, no, hey. No, the guy's is, and, and then he has a, he pushed the reset button and he said, Normally, my fee is $160, but I'll give you a break and only charge you 100 What? You pushed the reset button. Oh, yeah. Well, How hey, are you? Hey, did it get fixed? Did it get fixed? Yeah, fixed. Lights are on. Great. It's during the day now, but the lights are on. 
Hey, money well spent, though. And next time, you'll know that there's just one little button there that you probably just need. Take the game out, blow on it, and put it right back in. That's probably I'll, I'll, pr I'll probably forget again, so that's all right. <laughs> well, don't let them get you for 100. Next time, they'll get you for 160. Mike, can't thank you enough for joining us. And it feels like every time you come on, it's like a doctor, right? You never go to a doctor and say, hey, I'm feeling good. All right, see ya, right? You always go and bitch. That's what happens. Like, hey, mm -hmm. this is hurting, this is hurting. It's always like, when officials get talked about, it's always bad. These refs have been bad this year, though. Have, have they been worse than ever, Mike? What's going on? Well, I'll tell you, I think they're more confused than ever. And that's not a good thing. Um, and, and, and listen, in some ways, I think they've made progress, but they have, you know, put these expedited reviews of video assistant. They put all these things in places to correct things that happen in real time so you don't have to go to replay. And I think that's a good thing. But on the other hand, I think it's really hurt officiating. There's so much indecisiveness that you see the officials on pushing the button on their belt, which allows them to talk to the video assistant upstairs to get his input on things. And I think I mean, I had a conversation this morning with somebody that's very involved in officiating with the league, and it's like nobody wants to officiate anymore. They want to rely on somebody else to give them the input to make the calls. And I think that indecision has hurt the flow of the game just about as badly as replay has hurt the flow of the game. So I, I am I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated with what I'm seeing because I look back when I was on the field, you had to make the damn call. You had to adjust your flag and put it where it was supposed to be if it was a spot foul. Now you don't have to do that anymore. And and I I just think that, you know, I'm struggling with that and I'm struggling with the pass interference that I, I feel like there's more and more uh, misses and in pass interference that's being made. But I, I would say to you, the feeling to me over the first full six weeks of the of the season is it's just it hasn't been what it should be and what you're saying i think would make a lot of sense to a lot of parents that had to potentially teach their kids how to ride a bike when you take the training wheels off that's really when you get to learn and how to do your you have to do your own thing that's kind of what you're thinking right they have since they have something that they can rely upon they don't really have to commit themselves as much to officiating so they're just well, kind of half-assed let's, let, let's remember too that you know, these guys, their success or failure is based on evaluation, is based on grades. So if they can get some input to help them to make the right call, then it's certainly beneficial to them. But I, I just think, Pat, I just think I don't get a good feel for it. I mean, there have been expedited reviews that I love. You know, a miss on the sideline on a catch. That's obviously a miss, and they can jump in and they correct it, and it doesn't have to go to a challenge or a review. I like that. But overall, I just... Hey, how do we fix that? I just that? don't like what I'm seeing. How do, we, do we fix that by having only it be a one-way street of conversation from the re, uh, replayer to the ref as opposed to the ref asking them the question? Then the reviewer is almost like, hey, I'll just come in and correct when it is due. So then it lowers the expectation of when the conversation should happen? Pat, to me, it's like instant replay. You know, it's gotten to the point where, to me, it's too involved. But it's like you're never going to go back. It's like player safety things. There are player safety um, points of emphasis to get in. And when they get in, they're not going to take them back. And in this, it's the same way. When you open up this communication, the thing is now this is happening not only in the NFL, but it's happening in college football and it's happening in high school football. Everybody has these O2O communication systems. And that's where the, official, the, the, the original intent, I liked it. So you wired everybody so they could talk to each other. So if a coach on the sideline said, 
what did he call on the other side of the field? You could immediately call your guy, get on the your, your system to the guy on the other side of the field, get what he called, give it back immediately to the coach. Great. You could call pass interference downfield, go to the referee and say, I got defensive pass interference, 32 defense, and you wouldn't have to have a conference. It, the intent was great, but now with New York on the line and everybody on the line, there's conference after conference after conference, and they're pushing that button and talking to more and more people. And while I think the officials themselves are better than officials themselves used to be before, I think the officiating is worse because you've added this new element that uh, is, and I don't want to say destroyed it, but to me has hurt it. Okay, so with everything you just said, by the way, incredible information there, and thank you for it. And I think a lot of people will understand what you're saying and it will maybe make it make a lot more sense for people, even though people aren't going to stop getting pissed off. So how do we, how, how do you fix it, you think? How, is there, like, for instance, I, Walt and I, I know Walt has been reffing for 70 years in the NFL, and he was great for a long time. He's a pioneer. has done a lot for the game. Uh, he he hated me when I played for whatever reason, so I hated him, obviously. <laughs> now he's in a position that is, you know, something that I do have to talk about. Or, But he's probably just as confused as you are about the whole thing, and how do we fix it? Is there a way to fix it, you think, or is this just the new normal we're going to have to deal no, with? No, I, I don't think there's a way to fix it. Now, I think maybe there's a way to get better at it. Maybe over time you get better. And and he himself has admitted you're you know you, you got to walk through the process. This is new. This 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 um, video assistant slash replay official. These expedited reviews. It's new, but to me, it's added this element of confusion. I'm not so sure I want to be a coach because now I don't even know when to challenge. I mean, do I challenge or do I wait? Do I wait to see if they're going to correct it and not throw the challenge flag? Um, and then I wait, and then there's a, a paw. It, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it will get better. I think it will get better. Um, and Walt, you know, and Perry Fuel are in the replay center. They're new, so they're kind of working through this too. You know, it takes, a, it takes some time to get used to making fairly quick decisions in replay like Walt is having to do now in the – Art McNally Command Center in New York. Shut so there's there's a lot of newness that's going on, and but you're not going to take away the system. It's not going to happen. It's just more and more now that you're trying to get everything right, even though maybe it destroys the tempo of the game, which uh, I don't like. And by the way, you said Walt Anderson didn't like you on the field. No, I is that great, true? He had a great. Tell, tell me somebody that did. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're right. I, I, can't, I, was, I, was I can't think of one. <laughs> they like you now. They like you now, but they, they weren't that high on you. Well, I just, a little accountability. You know, I just want a little accountability, <laughs> yeah. but I, I I feel like I would compliment as well, but I could re- I could understand if they thought it was next. Me and me and John Perry had a, had an incredible interaction down in Jacksonville one time where he spotted a punt out of bounds, you know, because I hit it out of bounds. Perfect punt in my eyes. And he, I don't know, he took about five yards off of my punt, you know, because he did the uh, the old point thing. And yeah, yeah. the next time as we went out for a field goal, I let him know that he probably took food off the plate of my family because of the way <laughs> he uh, did his entire thing. With different words potentially yeah, in there. Sure. John fired right back, though. 
I mean, it was it was amazing. So I appreciate the officials. I do. I understand that there's a tough job to be had, and in the moment, you have to deal with it all. But whenever you're talking to the person that is replaying, are they on the call with Walt directly, or is there a person for each game, and how is that person decided upon, and where are they? Are they in the Art McNally thing as well? No, you have your, you have your replay official that's at the stadium, so you're in communication with him. And then you are also tied in to the command center, basically to a person that is reviewed, that is watching the game. And so then if there is a stoppage or if there is a score, they will bring Walt Anderson over or Wayne Mackey over and they will look at it to confirm it or to say if it needs to be stopped. And of course there's input that comes from the replay official, but then the referee talks to New York. Everybody's talking. It'd be, I'd love to hear it. I mean, it'd be great. It would be great television hey, if Mike, we could actually Mike, hear what was going on. Mike, how come they just won't do what the XFL did? Well, I, I don't – listen, I, I remember when we tried to put conversations with officials on, you know, we thought, let's try it. And this is back in my day. This is back when I was running the program, maybe about 2002 or something like that. And so let's experiment with it. So we mic'd all the officials. This is before this O two O. And we said, we're going to listen to everything you say. So a guy called pass interference on Ed Hockley's crew. And he came up to, um, came through the flag, came to Hockley, and Hockley said, what do you got? And the official responded, I really don't know. I don't know. I've got something, but I don't know exactly what it is. And at that point, I said, experiment over. I do, I do, I do not want this to go out on air to a national audience when your referee asks him, what do you got? And you go, I, I'm really not sure. I think I think it might be passing. Well, so that's not good. That's and somebody's, not good. Yeah, somebody's I'm watching. I'm sure there's a lot of conversation that goes on that um, we probably wouldn't want to hear, period. I would assume. But the XFL had that Xbox controller, and he it was right over the shoulder. And I think I only saw it really used one time, and it might have been the game that I was even a part of because it was pretty cool. And they were talking to the head ref on the field and was, uh, yeah, it looks like, and it's like slow-mo. It was a young person. It was obviously a gamer. Yeah, the ball was out at the 28 or something like that. And then, boom, they just moved the ball, and it just worked. I, I'm like, that seems like that would be a very quick, efficient way. Not that every conversation has to be caught, but at least the person reviewing could just say, hey, this is what it was. We could see why you saw what you saw. But the, I feel like there has to be a way that we could update all of these yeah. things. And, and they, they have taken the step of at least they allow you to show what they're looking at on the replay monitor. So when, when they're actually the video, when the, yeah. the replay official or New York is talking to the referee, you can actually put the mo that monitor, what they're showing on air. But, you know, you wonder if we won't get to some point. You know, the spring leagues are coming back. The USFL is coming back um, in the spring of 2022. And, and I think you may see some transparency there that is even more than you saw in the XFL, which will be kind of fun. And, you know, the NFL, in, in a way, if they, they love to let someone else experiment. And if they experiment and they like it, then they may pick it up. So... We'll see, but I, I, I love transparency, and in a way, I love educating fans, and yes. it's, a way, it's a way really to educate the fan. Mike, and my last question for you before uh, the boys have some questions, we can't thank you enough for your time. You're always very gracious with us and also make us understand shit that we don't normally do. How come the refs, after a review, 
you know, they're all very robotic. And I guess because they are a representative of the game, right? When they speak, they are a representative of the game, of the league. They're on a solo shot, international television. Like 25 million people, I think, watched Patriots-Cowboys on uh, Sunday, 4 o'clock. Like, they're there. How come there's never just like a moment of... When we watched it live, we thought that this happened. After watching the review, it is evident that this happened instead. Like, I think Sterator did that a couple times. I think Hockey Is that because maybe not the most comfortable orators are people told not to be a human out there, be a robot? Well, I don't, I don't think that it's not that they're told not to be human. I mean, I, I don't like robots. And, and I mean, I think since... You know, when you look at, think back of the day, I don't like robots to, either. Nope. Uh, Red <laughs> and Jerry Markbright and those type of guys, even Ben Dreyf, they certainly weren't ro- robots. They, they, they showed a lot of individualism when they made their calls. And, and then under Jerry Seaman, quite frankly, everything got more robotic. Jerry himself, great Navy. official Navy. and great leader of officiating, but he was very robotic and didn't want really anything said. And then, you know, when I came in, I said, okay, let's, Let's make it a little bit more, say a little bit more. But the problem is when you give them that liberty to do that, then you get Ed Hockley, who gives closing statements uh, <laughs> like he's in court in the attorney, <laughs> over a false start. And so then, then everybody gets mad, especially the broadcast networks get mad because you don't need a 35-second um, description of a flinch by a right tackle. Um, so there, there is... There is a line, and there is in replay, you have to say um, the ruling on the field stands. If you're not going to change it, if you're going to change it, then you can say why you're changing it. But, um, you know, there it, it's, it's interesting, Pat, because, you, you know, you open up the floodgates, and then you get, you get some guys like Hockley and Sterator that like to talk. And then if you think back, the Ron Winters of the world, um, who was a really good referee, but, you know, he might have been the most boring referee we ever had when he turned <laughs> on the microphone, you know, but was a really good referee. He was a college professor. And, um, but, so I, I think it's, I like individualism. I don't like robotic signals. I like them relaxed. But, you know, when you get to this level, I mean, let's face it. I mean, if, if you're a referee in the NFL, of the 17, I would say at least 15, it's their identity. It is their ego. It is, they love it. And so, and they, they're like, they're like people on television, like me. They like airtime. And um, I, I just, oh. I like them to be oh, relaxed. And, but yeah. we don't see it quite enough. Oh, man. Okay. So I think there's maybe a little bit deeper can of worms there in the officiating <laughs> yeah. community. Yeah. Hey, look what you did, Ed. You ruined it for the rest of us. Come yeah. on. Come on, Well, Ed. I always thought, I always thought, you know, when you talk about egos, uh, you know, when you get when you get into the league, the union would give you a suitcase, a travel suitcase, because oh, nice. you cannot check your bag. You're not allowed to check your bag on an airplane because for fear of the bag getting lost, then you have no uniform. So you you have to take your bag on board. So then you get like, why would you put a bag and why would you put on the bag embroidered NFL ref number 85? Do you want to get on a plane that's departing New York after the Giants had just lost a game on a controversial call and you walk onto an airplane with your bag saying, 
NFL ref 85. Oh my lord! Um, I, but but boy, that's the the number is the identity. The number is the identity. Your number is locked in gold. Oh, 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 oh my like shit! I mean, oh, mine. Oh, oh. Like my number was 77. Well, guess what? Offensive line. My golf balls are Titleist 77s. Um, my Oh, I better not tell you my passwords. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that electric uh, company that came and hit the reset button, you know, they got to hear that 77777 passcode to get in. $100 cash. <laughs> oh, so he's not reporting. Yeah, he just got you. Yep. Hey, you just got got. But hey, shit's working again. That's great news. Go ahead, Ty. Mike, the biggest thing people were bitching about going into the season was the taunting penalties being a point of emphasis, but it doesn't seem like we've really had uh, like much issue with that. But these the roughing the passer oh. penalties, like is there anything that they can do to kind of change this up? There's been several like really ticky-tack calls that are kind of affecting the outcomes of games, and it seems like it's only going to get worse. Well, let me, let me address the first issue with the taunting thing. Let's remember in week one they called three, in week two they called 11. And I think I think teams got the message that they weren't going to let up on those. I still don't like it, personally. Um, I, I think that, that it was needed, but it was needed for those prolonged get in an opponent's face. And it's, you know, it morphed into immediately just an instantaneous getting into a guy's face. They were told, the officials were told, call it. And the clubs were told... Don't put the officials in the position to have to make a decision. So make a play, turn around, celebrate, do whatever you want, but don't do it directed at your opponent. Okay, I get it, but the the ones that are so quick, I don't like, but it's turned out to be generally not an issue the refs the hey the refs the refs become in. the refs become a fun police there you know what i mean the nfl puts them yeah, in a spot where they're they, like they, the fun they police do, but 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 i think there's a distinction between the fun you know, and the taunt. I mean, listen, I duly accepted the role as the president of the No Fun League when I ran the program because I didn't like all the celebration stuff. Well, once they got me out of there, then they opened up the celebrations again. And um, and so they're just saying now, don't, don't celebrate at the expense of your opponent. Turn around, lay in the ground, do push-ups, do sit-ups, do whatever you want. Just don't twerk or whatever they call that thing which I was never able to do in the first place. Um, but Never um, would have guessed. But, so, but it's it's not turned out to be that big of an issue. Ticky and I tech. think it has helped. I think generally the games have been less chippy. Now, to the roughing the passer, yeah, that's a concern to me um, because it does seem to me that it has gone, the needle has gone too far in the direction of protecting and I mean, and even, you know, you look Tell at him, like, one particular referee and he's made a couple of calls that that to me were not good calls. And uh, so I, I think they have to look at that. There's there's nothing they're not going to get replay involved in something like that, um, even with the use of the so-called video assistant or sky judge. That's a judgment call. But. I do think, though, the needle has. Isn't gone everything a, a judgment call, far. though? Isn't everything a judgment call at this point? Holding's a judgment call, right? Isn't it? Because it happens on every play, just when you decide well, to call it. Yeah, yeah. You'd like to think that there are non-judgmental calls like delay of game, but then they figured out how they could oh, screw oh, that one up. Oh, you know, what you know, happened? So, so it's just, well, I, it's kind of one of those. Okay, there's one official that's supposed to look at the clock and 
you know, and, and, and we know there's an inherent delay because he has to look at the play yeah. clock and then look at the ball. It's a, but that's a flash. That's a, and this one was like two seconds. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'd like to talk to the official and say he probably his, his initial key went in motion. And so then that changes responsibilities and he probably got, you know, probably got caught up in that and, and didn't look at his primary responsibility, uh, Detroit, which was yeah, the he, clock. But that was, um, hey, yeah, that was, players that was, have MAs all the time. That's right. Assignments, yeah. That happens all the time. They're humans. Zero Come is on. zero. I don't understand that one bit. It was there for a long time. <laughs> yeah. Too. It seemed like no, it was there for that was there for that was there for way too long. But let me let me just say this. And I think people know this about me. Um what they do is an impossible job. Bingo. I mean, it is so hard. You know, we are the absolute You need to best, listen to this, Colin. I mean, you can see when slow motion zero. officiating. We're the best. And those guys are right. If you looked at the amount of decisions that they have to make in the course of a game, they're right. I'm telling you, with all the decisions that have to be made, they're right 99% of the time. You like those numbers? Which is pretty damn good mm -hmm. in real time. You sure but we don't like to talk about them being good. We like to talk about the the misses and the the strangeness, the the end of the Steelers Seattle game. That mess. Oh. Hey, you know, Tomlin we like said, to "Focus on all the negative stuff." Hey, Coach you know? Tomlin, and by the way, you guys like kickers and punters. It, it's a, it's a damn shame. Okay, but you know, gotta be callous. Stop going out there. Tomlin said, "Coach Tomlin said, I'm getting a fine tonight. I am telling the truth. I'm writing a check to the league office tonight." <laughs> is what he said. That is something that I think the NFL tries to protect its refs from. Is kind of within talking about the refs, you know, because if if we say it, all right, we're outside the NFL. We we cover the NFL. If other people say it, cool. If fans say it, cool. But once the league itself starts, you know, saying, hey, these refs stink, and representatives of the league say, hey, these refs stink, then it's obviously a much larger ordeal. So I think that is, you know, why the Tomlin thing happened, because he knows, like, if I start talking about it, this is a, especially a guy who's been around as long as he has been around, and he's on the competition committee, I think. So, like, as soon as he said it, it almost opens up the floodgates for everybody to start saying it, which I think is why he knew that there would potentially be some fallout. But, Mike, everybody hates the refs right now. It is. Yeah. It, and I don't and know I, if it's I, 99%. And, and to, Tomlin, to Tomlin, the point is, too, that he's on the competition committee. I, I, I you know, I, I don't like the way. I understand why it was handled the way it was handled. Um, because you could make a case when you just look at the live shot. You can't tell whether the left foot might be out of bounds or not. That being said, I still would not have stopped it if it was me. Um, but on the other hand, Seattle's going to get a play either way. I mean, because the spike did happen, there was still one second left on the clock. So they're going to they're gonna get a play. The, the, they're lucky. The NFL's kind of lucky in that because if that spike would have hit the ground at zero and then they would have said they stopped it and didn't change the ruling and put three seconds back, then I could really understand the yeah. outburst that could come from Tomlin. But they were going to get a play. Yes, it would a little would have been a little bit more frantic because you would have had the 40-second clock to get your field goal kicker out. But, you know, that doesn't take more than, what, 
17 seconds to get, or even less than that? Uh, 13 if they really need to get it there. 13, 14 <laughs> so, so You mean if the if the kicker has speed like you? Woo! Thank you for that compliment. You're great on the field as well, pal. You, you got it. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, uh, you were, um, you're always gracious to us, and we appreciate you so much. We will attempt to be nicer to the officials because you make us understand that there's a lot more going on. But I want to let you know it's getting hot in the kitchen, I think, for the officials everywhere. You know, I think everywhere. But, you know, but, but I would say this, and I remember Greg Aiello, who was a former PR guy with the league. We go through this every year, and we'd say it seems like it would be, oh, man, it's really bad this year. And he would go, let's go back to week six like last year. It's bad every year. I mean, you're in the oven all the time. <laughs> you are never in the refrigerator. Never are you in the – unless you're put in the deep freeze. But uh, it's, it's, just, it's just a really tough job, and we beat up on them – too much but i still go back i know they're going to make mistakes i get it it's so hard i did it it's impossible but i i'm concerned about the flow of the game i want it to be a beautiful game and i think with replay and all these other things now that they put in i'm concerned about the flow of the game that can be improved well i I think the, the judgment calls probably cannot i think um I think we all miss old 77 running around. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. We Big all time. miss old 77 around. The league would be better if you were still in it, but we appreciate you still covering it and joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, from Fox, former NFL head and NFL official, ladies, head official and active official, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Pereira. Thank you. Today's show is presented by Arby's. Ooh. This is the last week to try the real country-style rib sandwich. The sandwich that has been smoked low and slow for at least eight hours. Eight hours. Hey. Smoked over real hickory wood at a smokehouse in East Texas. Hell yeah. And Arby's, you don't have to worry about getting a restructured patty in the shape of a rib. No, no. This sandwich is whole muscle meat. Yeah. And absolutely delicious. That's right. It is delightful. Oh, it's unbelievable. I know it says here, smoke low and slow for at least eight hours in a smokehouse in East Texas. And you might say, that sounds like bullshit. But whenever you taste the tenderness of these ribs, you can't help but think to yourself, damn, this is a great rib sandwich. This must be the real country-style rib sandwich from Arby's. Mm-hmm. miss it. I am too, right? Only it a week a left. That actually is, you know. I've had it once heart. a week for the last three weeks, I yeah, think. It's delicious. I know it's for dinner this week. If you haven't tried it yet somehow, I don't know how, but go try the real country-style rib sandwich and tweet us a picture using hashtag PMS pork rib for your last chance to win Arby's gift cards and meat sweats. Oh, oh yeah. Winners will be announced next week. Congrats to everybody that wins in advance. Thank you for joining us. Uh, during the break, uh, youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show, we ran a uh, interview that we got to have with uh, Gio, the Philly sports podcaster. We appreciate the hell out of him. Absolute legend. He stopped by yesterday. I absolutely love him. Uh, I actually told him this on the way out whenever he was with his crew. Uh, normally, I'm I'm a pretty big anti-kid guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. Unless it's Lex Lumpkin. Okay. Yeah, right. Sure. Right. And I got tweeted Gio's um, podcast and content like a thousand times or whatever. Like, hey, you need to meet this kid. You need to be this kid. I'm like, I don't do kids. All right. Whenever he gets older, I'll... I followed him. 
he's one of my best followers. Like I, I, every single day, I appreciate the hell out of him. Uh, I think he's very good, and he loves sports. He loves football. And uh, I appreciate him for coming by. I fucking love that kid, dude. Yeah. Hopefully the Eagles Thank win you. for him or the yeah. Colts win for him. Well, and maybe the Eagles stop trading away all his favorite players. Yeah, yeah it's what the hell is that about? What's that all about? Sirianni. Jeez Louise, it is Sirianni, isn't it? Yeah. Howie Roseman's a fucking dipshit. Um, yeah. Don't look at me, Jim. Well, let's go to the 5 Energy phone line, one eight three three four 4 mcafee Let's go to Toby down there in Texas. You in East Texas, you ever been to one of them smoke houses that Arby's using for these real country-style rib sandwiches? Let me tell you, Pat, I've been to plenty in East Texas Smokehouse. I'm not sure if any of them are going to be comparable to the Arby's, but I'll, I'll just have to put them on the test and get back to you on that one. I'm, I'm suspicious going in. That's all I'll say. Well, I want to let you know that the Arby's, you know, notch above what you were talking about, that five-star bun. Oh, oh my. Oh. Then he got some onion things. Crispy onion. Oh, my. With some BBQ sauce on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Hey, they got onion. that barbecue sauce lathered on it. Mayo on the bottom. Oh. What? 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 <laughs> oh, it's so good, dude. One of the greatest prognosticators in the history of prognostication. Mm-hmm. A guy who was alongside me in picking the Buffalo Bills last night because the Bills are a wagon, were a wagon going into last night. And we were definitely wrong about a friend of his, Mike Vrabel and the Tennessee Titans being dominant. But we have to chat about it, ladies and gentlemen. College football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, terrible driver, A.J. Hall. Yeah! Right. What's happening, guys? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you as well. It's Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, obviously. Uh, excited about the chat about ownership of Chicago and how he's feeling body-wise, football-wise, and everything like that. About one hour away for those keeping track at home. AJ, let's talk about the game last night. What a game. That was an incredible primetime game. And by the way, this just fits the narrative. Primetime games this season have been unbelievable. Cowboys, Bucks, 31-29, game-winning field goal. Ravens, Raiders, 33-27. Giants 30 29 36 35 30 28 24 21 19 17 31 25 overtime 23 20 overtime 34 31 last night I'm talking the NFL has hit home runs on primetime games which is night games last night was nothing different Derrick Henry's an alien what are your thoughts AJ I uh, 100% uh, Derek Henry, I know Rabes talked about it afterwards that they just jump on his back and they they rode him all night and they they never could like consistently stop the dude in Tennessee they just continued to fight, and man, I, I mean, that was a great win for Tennessee. I didn't think they were going to win. I, even going into the game, yeah, I, I, I took the Bills, but then even not until very late did I say, okay, the Titans are going to take this. Okay, yeah, because the Bills seemed like they could do whatever, whenever, however, and Dawson knocks through a two-point conversion with a broken hand, I think, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, incredible grit. Hey, yeah. hey did you oh, notice yeah. the when grit. they played the replay of that? Sorry to cut you off. When they played the replay when he, he undid both of his chin straps, at, he threw it, and like as Josh Allen's catching, he gets both chin strapped with his left hand, and I was like, "Why does he do, does he always do that?" Yeah. And then they checked him on the sidelines. Then they actually showed another player that wasn't Dawson Knox, and then no one said anything. Yeah, then he was gone, I think. And uh, now it's <laughs> yep. coming up that he had a broken hand, which is or something happened to his hand. I guess we'll have to find out the exacts of it. Whenever Derrick Henry starts rolling. I always find it very interesting because I was not tough enough to play on the defensive side of the ball. I'd not have to run my face in everybody or somebody yeah, else. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you were. You just, you know, you didn't get there. You you were punter, kicker. Yeah, I mean, punter was specifically defensive side of the ball, I guess, but I didn't have to run my face into somebody every single play, my shoulders, my whole body. It feels like from watching Derrick Henry, and I felt this way the last couple of years, once he gets rolling, is that more so that the defense has given up and they're just tired of getting 
run over? Because there was a play made that uh, I think you shared by, uh, I forget who tweeted it, but it was a safety came down. Hit. Will Blackman. Will Blackman tweeted it about, I don't know if it was Poyer. I don't know if it was, it was Mike, Micah Hyde. Hyde. I think it was Micah Hyde. He tackled it. It was like an eight-yard gain, seven-yard gain. But that hit, Micah has to hurt from that. Has to hurt from that. That was just one play. Derek that was got- a great tackle, though. Micah was all over. They, they, po- they posted all over man. Can you look at this? And I was like, that's an unbelievable tackle. Are you kidding me? He Derrick Henry has a 50-way go. Micah's 20 yards removed, standing still, chopping his feet. Derrick Henry has a full head of speed, full, full head of steam, sorry, and he runs him over. Yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Get You think Micah's going to be able to somehow knock him back in that situation? But what I'm saying is that was a successful. That was deemed by you and everybody like, hey, this is a success story, and he ran seven yards or whatever for that play. It feels like once he gets going, is it a mental thing on the defensive side? Like, do you think you need somebody to come up and make a massive hit? Like, how do you get momentum back on your side, especially when Big Mo is literally Derrick Henry, and that is what it becomes. Second half of games, he did it against the Seahawks. He's done it against uh, I think two weeks ago he did. I'm not sure, but last week with this past he is just in the second half it has become an unstoppable force on the defensive side what do you need to stop that or is that just just going to start the inevitability of it all i mean i know they popped up the stats during the game of his like yardage through each quarter and the fourth quarter is much higher than the first yeah it wears on you but i think you have to play him almost like a scat back like you know guys that are are scat backs they say hey don't let him go like you got to make him go east and west make him dance at the line of scrimmage so we can all rally and get this dude down so he's not moving around like Derrick Henry yeah he's not lightning quick like that but you watch him run with that forward lean at all times you got to just make him stop his feet and try to not get through the line of scrimmage and just build a wall and then have about nine to ten guys come try to tackle so that means you just got to what crowd the box right but then that's why you bring in a Julio Jones to add alongside AJ Brown and you hope Tannehill can you take can't it over peak either all your D linemen need to like be firm in their gaps and not you know they peak one way oh okay here we go Derrick Henry's gonna find it he has such great instincts and when he does even a bad play for him, he's going to fall for four yards. And then once he gets through, 21.8 miles an hour. Damn. Like, think of the safeties. Think if you're a safety or you're somebody like on the second level there and you consistently have to think about making that tackle that Micah Hyde just had to make. Like, that'll wear on you mentally throughout a game. Not Obviously, physically, you know it does. Micah Hyde was kind of like a punter here, okay? Last line of defense, wide open, somebody much bigger, probably – you know, stronger than you running at you and you're just standing there. Now, he made a much better play than a lot of punters ever will, but I had, that was my biggest fear and against Derrick Henry, that's potentially happening every play. Yeah. Like, that is that is just, I couldn't even I you hope you're not the first guy there. Like with Derrick Henry everyone's hoping they're not the first guy. Hey, I'm going to be like the second or third guy. <laughs> yeah, I was in on that tackle, jumping, flying in from the side. You know, hey, you stand him up, I'll come get the ball or I'll help you out. It's like, oh, very nice of you. That, that I don't know, because the conversation is Bills are still the Bills. You know, like what I saw last night out of the Bills, I don't think any of us are changing our perspective that they are, they're a wagon. And we all 100% agree that everybody has agreed with that. No conversation about the Titans though today, really. Like maybe they're, they're four and two. Maybe they're a squad. Like they got to playoffs, lose to Baltimore last year. The year before that, they won in the playoffs. They got Derrick Henry back. Tannehill is back. We all hope Taylor Lewan's okay. All pro left tackle or whatever. That was a scary situation for sure. But nobody's talking about, is it strictly because the defense is so bad and they don't think they'll ever be able to stop the top dogs, but they just beat the Bills. So. Yeah, I think that's a huge win for the Titans, and I don't, I don't like to put too much one way or the other into like regular season wins or losses. But I think it was a huge win for the Titans, not only for them, like their confidence, but also just like in the standings where they are to stay in good position and not like 
make sure you have a little room for air as the season goes. Ty, your thoughts on Jackrabbit Jenkins? Well, you know, I mean, he's a tough player. He's a tough player, and I'm glad you mentioned Jackrabbit Jenkins because I didn't understand that that was his name uh, until, like, the fourth quarter last night, and I realized that the broadcast team had said it 575 million times throughout <laughs> the game. So, you know, that's pretty sweet that his name is Jackrabbit, but in case anyone didn't know, his name is Jackrabbit Jenkins. It's not Janoris Jenkins anymore. It oh. is Jackrabbit Jenkins. Oh, okay. Really? Yeah, yeah. I heard it last night, yeah. obviously. Yeah, a couple times. I didn't hear that. I didn't know that. Levy was trending. Okay. Levy's trending, I think, every single game. That is, it's going to be, th- Manning Cast is back next week. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. Whoa. 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 Come no, on. ESPN didn't want to hear that. Call really? a spade a spade. Hey, I mute the broadcast so I don't have Whoa. to. You, know, you play music. The, well, no, I actually, you know, Red Sox, big game. I'm not going to talk about it because nobody will turn the show on anymore. But mute it, and then you don't have to uh, You don't have to listen to Jack Rabbit. And also, I did see a clip of, uh, what's his name, Riddick, saying that he wanted to chain Levy up uh, at one point during Do the Do we know broadcast. if that was Riddick or Greasy? I thought it was Riddick because I watched the clip. It was about when eight Derrick seconds. Henry was working out. Yeah, I heard it live and I was like, "Oh, geez, all right." We're taking- <laughs> right? But uh-huh. I laughed. But you know, in those moments, you know, broadcasting is naughty. You know, Mike Pereira just came on. Mm-hmm. That's right. And Mike Pereira's good. The officiating's terrible, right? So Mike, I like Mike Pereira. He's good on the show. Officiating's terrible. So it's always nice to talk to him because I feel like he, you know, he just always has to defend it. And he talks about how hard officiating is, and we agree. It is very difficult. We understand that it is very difficult, but we see other people do it, and it seems like they're pretty good, so why can't everybody do that? Mm-hmm. I think that is the same thing in broadcasting. A lot of people think that. You know, like We understand it's probably not the easiest thing to do or whatever. I, I guess it's very difficult. I'm not 100% sure. Who knows if anybody liked me in there. I found it to be very easy, but I just... I did no research. I knew nobody's name. Okay, so yeah. I didn't even say names. I just described position players that were happening. It's very difficult, but Monday Night Football is like the Super Bowl. Everybody's going to be watching that thing every week, especially when you got a thriller like that, so there's always going to be a little backlash. Yeah, and it, like you said, it's very difficult. I'm not saying it's easy, but when your own network is putting Peyton and Eli Manning on another channel, oh, they're kind of setting you up for, you got your basically screwed for this entire season because everyone's going to watch this one and not yours. Hey, Monday Night Manning's back next week. That should be a lot of fun, but uh, did you change any of your thoughts on anything last night on either team? Are you more of a fan of the Titans than maybe you were before the game started, AJ? Uh, I mean, I've always been a fan of the Titans. I, I still think the Bills are probably the better team. I don't know, though, late in the season. It, this has a great formula to win if you're the Titans, but still, like, I don't know. I don't know if they can stop, uh, if they can stop people enough to win in the playoffs. Derek, if he, it feels like those games where he starts rolling, it is, so, A, so much fun to watch because it's like, oh, this is old school football. And this is another thing I mentioned in the first hour. I'd like to get your thoughts on this. As defenses continue to get faster and smaller because the way rules are changing and having to keep up with these freak athletes, that has to benefit Derek Henry, right? I mean, people are getting small. So. He's, yeah. bigger than, he's bigger than obviously most all linebackers he's going against. Back. He's bigger than some DNs and outside backers he's facing too. So, yeah, I think it does. That may help him out a little bit, especially wear on people because they don't teams yeah, defend like defenses are not like overall as big as they used to be. Do you remember when a uh, mobile quarterback you'd be playing against a mobile quarterback or whatever, they bring in a new quarterback to the practice squad and like, hey, here's the new rules. This is what we're gonna train for for one week. It was almost like, hey, our team would be like changing the way the defense operates because we've got to keep a uh, quarterback in the pocket contained. There's a bunch of rules. I wonder if they're doing that now. Like, hey, we got a big guy this week. All right. So we're gonna have to work and change. This is how we gotta tackle this guy this week I, he probably changes entire weeks for defenses whenever they have to face against him 
Yeah, you're probably right. And some teams, what they like to do, they try to make your corners tackle. So they'll try to get the numbers right to where, oh, the free, we're not, we're not going to block this corner, but we're going to block everybody else, and we're going to force them. Hey, you prove to us that you can tackle, or we're going to try to get that edge all night. Vrabel has to love that team, that that's his team. Yeah. Why is he so I mean, mad all the time? Doesn't it feel like just such a Vrabel team? Yeah, why is he so mad all the time? I don't think he is. Uh, I just think that's his, uh, his demeanor his, on his, game day. His look is smacking a moth at any given moment. Anybody can get it, even if something good just happened. I'll fucking smack you in a moth. He looks so intense at all times. <laughs> I mean, I think he is pretty intense. You see him. He's still out there in warm-ups, isn't he? Smacking dudes around and running D-line drills. Did Bill Belichick do that this weekend? Why do you have that big gash on his yeah. nose? Yeah, he was taking pass sets this week uh, leading up to the Cowboys. So oh, I yeah, I saw that, that photo. Yes, but I don't know why he was bleeding from the mouth during the game. Because he, he had a towel Probably and he bit was, his tongue or something. He, oh, I, I think he might have headbutt somebody. Oh, he might. Because boy, Bill. Uh huh. Those photos of him being tackle. Yeah, still got it. Hey, he's like seventy years old. Mm-hmm. His leg, like you see, like his because he's still squatting. Mm-hmm. He, that was unbelievable. That was almost more impressive than anything I've ever seen him do. Yeah, we see him under the squat rack with like. I don't know, 95 pounds or 85 pounds or whatever on there. And it's like, okay, Bill's still trying to do a little pliability. Maybe Bill, mm-hmm. he understands they still got to be able to move. But him lining up against, I think it was Van Noy. Oh, yeah. Was- I think he's lined up against Van Noy with no helmet. He had a, a visor on. Van Noy had his helmet on, and he was doing it. I'm like, what the fuck is Bill Belichick doing? I loved it. I, I loved every single second of it. Loved every single second of it. 70 years old. I mean, yeah, think of any... Grab a 70-year-old off the street and throw him in there. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's do some hand fighting here, man. Like, come on, work with me. Grab a 30-year-old off the yeah. street. I was about I mean, to say, yeah, really right, anybody. Dick's trying to go right in Atlanta, hitting a rock, broke his foot. <laughs> yeah. you know, he stepped on a rock. He stepped yeah. on a rock, broke his foot, ran a go route, Ooh. stepped on a I was trying to parkour in Atlanta. He was yeah. trying to freestyle walk a little bit mm-hmm. after uh, hitting a go route. He mm-hmm. hit a little rock. Yeah. Boom, broke his foot. A couple of metatarsals down here, gone. He was out for four weeks. This dude's D1 athlete not too long ago. <laughs> turned 30, broke his foot on a rock trying to take a step. I mean, that that happens. Bill's 70 years old doing pass sets. And on the on the point of the Patriots here, uh, Trevon Diggs, Trayvon Diggs, he came out and said that Mac Jones is going to be a problem for people for a long time. I wonder what exactly that means. Now, he got a pick, obviously, off a play that he made late, and then a double-move bomb happened afterwards. When he says that, do you think that means he's he, he notices Mac Jones maybe deciphering the coverage that they're in, figuring out where they should go, what they should do? What do you think he means by that? I think he probably... Saw it on film leading up to the game. Mike's like, okay, this dude doesn't play like a rookie. And he also has, like, he has some moxie, as we like to say. His own version of this moxie. It's not oh, like moxie Mac. So Ooh. I think during the game, he probably felt that. He probably saw Mac, how he was talking to people. Like, you want to hear Mac yelling at people to go in motion when they're not going Kill. in motion yet? Like, he has control of that. And I'm sure the whole defense sees that. And they obviously respect it. Oh, shit. Hey. I mean, we beat you, but, like, yeah, you're going to be good. Pretty good. Yeah, you're saying – I wonder if some, like, middle linebacker, how Aaron always talks about Erlacher, his interactions with Erlacher on the field. I would love to hear, like, a veteran linebacker listen to a quarterback and go, shit, all right, did not expect that out of you. I want to let you know that because, like, Ray Lewis and Eli allegedly had those give and takes. I wonder – you or Mike, did you have massive conversations with quarterbacks ever or no? No. No, I don't know when you have time to have all those conversations, especially if you have the – the speaker in your helmet, the play ends, and the coach is instantly yelling in your ear, and you can't hear anything. You ever wink at a quarterback or anything? Any quarterback ever look at you and say, like, uh, this dude's the mic right here, Hawk is, and uh, we're actually going to take advantage of him on this play. Mm-hmm. Did any of that ever happen? Any quarterbacks ever do that to you? Uh, not, uh, not, not that I heard of. It may have, though. 
You know, is it because everybody was scared of you? Was that kind of the way it was? Not even close. No. Definitely. And I'm just saying that there's not a there's not a, yeah, stuff goes back and forth and you talk to people in between plays, but at the line of scrimmage, I mean guys like Aaron, some of the vets, they will point things out and smile, wink at dudes and do stuff like that, but not a whole lot of quarterbacks do that. Hey, people are saying that this Aaron hatred of Chicago goes back a long way. I'm seeing some clips of him saying uh, in a podcast interview with somebody, uh, you must be a Chicago Bears fan, where every year ends with, ah, next time. You know what I mean? Mm. He said so it was like a good, perfectly delivered line. I did not know. Packers-Bears, massive rivalry. Oh, yeah. yeah, huge. Yes. I think it's like the Old longest, sta- yeah, longest standing, like they've played head-to-head like over 200 times. So I love it even more than the I own you thing because that's like caring – more than just about this game. It's about, like, the overall legacy the of the history yeah. of it. I, I asked him on the show last week. McCarthy used to always, on Bears Week, like, Wednesday morning, he shows, like, a four- or five-minute almost highlight clip of Packers-Bears games going back from the beginning. And highlights on both sides, too. With what, Jim McMahon gets slammed down hard. Like, all of these, oh, like, shit. iconic plays that have happened. And you realize that when you get that, oh, this is a giant thing. Like, this is a huge rivalry. Hey, that's awesome. To think that that is still happening, especially in the modern era where it seems like individualism has become the main, not the main thing because people have just realized that it's incredibly successful to do so, but it's also how society has become almost as everybody's kind of their own entrepreneurs, you're running your own business, everybody's running their own race, let's go ahead and try to get this thing. Even though we're on a team, we're going to try to do our best. Yeah. Well. Swallow your gum. Mm Swallow your gum. (laughs) All right. I'm not even going to get into this. It's real. Swallow your gum. He said it. Yeah. Great advice. He's never... Why'd you even say it, AJ? You knew this shit was going to happen. You said entrepreneur. He's the first one that pops in my head. <laughs> well, that's good marketing by him, and that's yeah. why yeah. he does the thing he things he does, and right. that's why he says the things he does like. Uh, I've never in my life thrown out a piece of gum. I've swallowed every piece of gum that I've ever chewed. Why? It's a waste of fucking time. To not swallow your gum. I, I don't, I don't have those two seconds. I'm yes. swallowing my fucking gum every fucking time. All right. And in doing so, he has become the single person that A.J. Hawk thinks of when the word <laughs> entrepreneur yeah. is used, even if it's uh, setting a description of team sports in the way it is. So congrats to Gary V. Hey, nice yeah. job, Thank Gary. you, Gary. Thank you, Gary. More people should start doing that. Foxy swallows his fortunes from his fortune cookies. Uh-huh. That's the right. way they come true. Yeah. Foxy also said he has been thinking really? about uh, one of his family members getting shot in the face every morning in the shower so I can add perspective to his death. Okay, that is also Good for another you, quote. Good for I, I don't know if this is all happening, but let's get back to the point. <laughs> The fact that the tradition is still remaining with all the money and all the everything, like who knows how Aaron ultimately feels about the front office or the Packers or whatever at this exact moment. And he said to somebody, like he doesn't know if this will be the last time or he's not so sure this will be the last time this happens. So that led to people thinking, oh, he's getting back into good graces with the Green Bay Packers and whatever. He has never not said that he doesn't love the Packers though. Like he, right. he says he loves the Packers. And the fact that the tradition and the legacy means something, that in that moment he even got so caught up that he was like, who are you even talking to right now? I love it. I can't wait to chat with him about it, AJ. I literally cannot wait to chat with him about it. Well, I think it's cool that there's still, like, there's not a whole lot of rivalries in the NFL. I know a lot of teams talk about the rivalries, but it's just how you, like, you're like, is this a thing? Is that a, is that a real rivalry? Bears, Packers, like, Packers fans would lose their mind if they heard that. They're like, what do you mean? Everybody knows this is a giant thing. Yeah, but as soon as guys get signed on, like, Wednesday or Thursday to play in a game on a Sunday, and then they're released Monday or Tuesday, they have no idea. 
the team that they're playing for currently, the defense that they're supposed to be playing in a couple of days, or any of the potential rivalries or hatreds that they have. They're just trying to make it through the weekend to get a game check and then get to Monday. And I think that is the difference. And that's why I'm so thankful, even with LaFleur being like a 12-year-old head coach, the fact that it sounds like it is still being in Nagy. And if you look at the way the, the Bears defense interacted with Aaron, as opposed to every other week, it was not sweet. I don't think shit was sweet no. out there. Like, I enjoyed that. I, I love that type of stuff. That's throwback. There, there's a lot. I mean, there's – I wish you – I don't know what the, the clip was that McCarthy would put together, but there was a lot of violent, huge shots that we were watching. Like, oh, can't do that anymore. Nope, that wouldn't happen. No, that guy's <laughs> out of the league. Like, every every big hit that's happened in the, the history of this game, you know, obviously back in the day, you're like, oh, okay, these dudes wouldn't be able to play in the NFL anymore. Like, that's how violent it was, and it's fun to watch. I love the fact, though – that the modern generation, we will carry the tradition, but also we're going to be a bit skeptical of the shit that's happening in there. All right? That's mm-hmm. a fine. We can't do that. All right, this this is what you want us to get do. We're literally not. We would lose our jobs if we did that. Those hits that were promoted and in leading into commercial and out of commercial on replay, on double replay, on the segment that everybody misses. You got jacked up. Those are all gone. All of those things would be multi-six-figure fines. All of those things nowadays. It's a whole new game, but you can still have a little bit of that, that hate that will drive you to beat a team, which I appreciate. Let's go ahead and bounce around the NFL a little bit. Dak Prescott is getting an MRI on his right calf, which they are uh, believing it is just a strain. They are on a bye week. He told reporters that he has he would have went back in if he had to. Uh, he has no real – it doesn't seem like he's scared at all of this. He seems to be very casual about it all. Told the reporters, I'll give you guys something to talk about for the bye week. Still – Something, though, right? I mean, he had his his arm thing that happened yep. in training camp. They arrested him. They said it was no big deal. It ultimately was no big deal. He obviously had that incredibly gruesome cramp injury mm-hmm. yep. that he had, that he had surgery and had to come back from quicker than ever. So this is something, but Dak Prescott has proven that he is very tough. He'll play through damn near anything, and he has not sounded the alarm bell, so I don't think this is that big of a deal. It's just good timing. Good timing that you have a bye week now, and he can. If it's not too bad, uh, he can be okay. But seeing him in the boot doesn't make me feel very good about it. That's what, literally, his words and how they were talking with the boot. So he's just choosing the boot is miserable. People don't love the boot. Like it is not necessarily. Sure, it was like precautionary. They're like, all right, hey, let's make sure we don't. We have time. We have time to get you healthy. Let's just not be stupid here. Let's get him on two of them, maybe. You know, like yeah. oh, yes, Let's that'd be him. smart. Because you gotta, you gotta lean with it, rock with it, with those boots. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. You're like on those uh, old school Skechers. You know what I mean? Those no, wheelies. Yeah. yeah, the no, shape you're, It's like you're on. Uh, if you put two boots on, it's like you're wearing hokas, basically. The way you have to balance. <laughs> well, why don't we get him a scooter? All right. All right. There's no reason to take a shot at my hokas yesterday. I was standing a little bit taller. Okay, and I want to let you know I came out of the weekend ten and four. You were eight and six. Great weekend by both of us. I'm getting a little bit hotter. None Did of us. Did you not give yourself the the loss last night? Yeah. What are you talking? You're ten and five then. That would be fifteen games. There was not fifteen. There's fourteen you games. Ass hat. There was fourteen. So then, what am I then? What eight, am I? Eight and six. Eight and six. Eight plus six is fourteen. You climb. Okay, so those are updated numbers. Yes. Yeah. What? Did I just say these numbers or no? Yeah, you did. Did I say the wrong ones? No, you didn't. This guy's an asshole. No, 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 he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. No, he's not. (laughs) But I did think that I did not get the numbers wrong there. None. Neither of us. You guys are so stupid. Okay, we're not the dumb ones in this particular situation. I just want to let you know. Count to ten, prick. Well, listen. What's count to ten going to do for me? Well, fourteen would be better. But we don't need to listen. The only thing I need to say is ten and four. 
on the weekend, eight and six on the weekend. Hammer Don was in the plus side. Uh, every sport is being gambled on tonight at youtube.com forward slash Hammer Don. I mean, we are a hot office right now, but we could be a much hotter office in the gambling sphere and also if my wife would stop being so selfish. Oh. She had another seven-leg parlay last night. Just from this one game? $5 holla. Same game parlay, seven legs hit last night. It's unbelievable. Touchdowns over on yards, team, everything she is. And I asked her, okay, before, hey, what what, what are we betting on? You know, what what, what do we got tonight, you know? Can't tell you, I'll lose. And I have to back off because it has, we're talking like multiple seven-leg parlays, five-leg parlays. I think she had an 11-leg parlay at some point. Last night is seven-leg. I mean, it is absurd, and it's it's a shame that she will not tell anybody any of her picks because she refuses to let it out of her account until it gets in. She's, whoo, she'll celebrate out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, look, at there's a lot of seven of them last night. I'm like, God damn. She is making real hay out there, and I'm incredibly proud of her. I just think it's a little selfish with the information. You know what I mean? No, I mean, it's good for her. Keep it to herself. She knows if she puts it out there, you start to pilfer it. Whatever your attitude is, you will mess up her good mojo she has going. Gambling gods. It's true. Yeah. This is him calling me a bad husband again, by the way. <laughs> I would support my wife's picks. I would promote my wife's picks because she is obviously proven to be much better than all of us at yes. gambling. I wouldn't pilfer some side, whatever you're saying. I'm saying, like Dig said, the gambling gods would not like that, I don't think. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, she's, by the way, longtime gambler. Like She's just getting into the uh, – she was a scratch-off queen for a very long time we still have a, a shoebox of winners <laughs> that we got to take down in there she is a an incredible gambler uh it would be nice though if maybe the whole house could uh yeah you know could celebrate off it yeah celebrate off it but she just she just needs to keep crushing it. it's good for the house good for everybody uh nfl we're in week seven already aj i know this needs to slow down it's insane. I mean, I'm enjoying every single minute of it. There's no games on tonight, obviously. We've got to wait till Thursday. It's forever. I mm-hmm. guess there's some baseball and basketballs back, I guess. But the NFL has lived up to the hype this season, I think. AJ, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I know what ratings are up a bunch, too. I, I saw. And when people thought they would be last year, but they weren't, and now they are, what is it? Just good games? I think it's good games. It's the environment. I think there was also a lot of conversation that wasn't sports-related happening when the last season. There was a lot of people that were caring about a lot of other stuff uh, rather than just, you know, meathead football. And, like, uh, I think there was a lot of things potentially happening that weren't necessarily, like, a celebration. So there was more serious things happening. Now it feels like, although, I mean, who knows? Uh Uh-oh. What happened? I mean, it just feels like we're on the other side of this thing. Until. But then we're not on the other side of this thing. And then we are on the other side of this thing, and then we're not on the other side of this thing, and then, you know, it's like, I, I just... But anyways, is this thing COVID? Or is this thing the Cuomo brothers? Is this thing the emails? <laughs> what are we talking about? Okay, so in this particular case, what I am referring to is the COVID uh, world stoppage and protocols and rules and regs and people losing jobs and, and people not show, and protesting against things, losing $381,000 a game. Mm-hmm. That's what Kyrie's not getting paid. $381,000 a game is what he will not be getting paid because his protest basically being a voice for the voiceless, those who do not want to get vaccinated, and he feels like he's being forced to be vaccinated. And then the coach at Washington State, he just got fired because he would not get uh, uh, vaccinated, and it became a state. He's a state official because he's the coach of Washington State, and the state made the rules and mandates and this whole thing. And it's like we're at the point where, holy shit, I thought we're out of this whole thing, and they're still just more and more piling up on top of each other. It's an insane, when will this end? I'm not sure, but I do feel like we are 
at the the seventeenth hole, maybe eighteenth hole. It feels are like. We? Are we of round one, perhaps? You think? Okay, I know you don't fly commercial. You think in nine months you're going to be on a commercial flight without a mask on? The rest of us? I have no idea because then you listen to some doctors. They say the mask literally is doing nothing. Then you hear other doctors are like, need to wear two of them. No, I think it, it seems pretty black and white. Everyone seems to be in agreement on all of that. Well, that's what I, I just I think <laughs> I think we're. I just think we're getting closer to where people enjoy sports a little bit more. They're not worried necessarily about their life and their family and where we're going to uh, school. And I just feel like we're finally potentially getting to a point where people can escape and relax. And I think NFL and football in general is a good place for people to do that, especially if you're just coming out of an entire world conflict that everybody has to be boots on the ground for, it feels like. It's, uh, it is an insane time to be alive, AJ. Insane, but Yeah, it is. And I know we don't talk baseball, but I know – I think having fans in the stands make people want to watch it more on TV. Mm -hmm. It feels like, okay, this feels more normal. But I know that that grand slam that Schwarber hit, that place looked like it almost crumbled. They were so juiced. Man, when Schwarber swung that bat, and that ball cracked off the wood, dude. You texted me. You were like, I can't believe Fenway right now. I remember seeing him do that for the Cubs, and now he's doing it at Fenway. Man, this is awesome. That's what I said. Uh huh. I remember. But that was happening, remember, what was it, Mississippi State Baseball? Yes. Yeah. They're like one of the first ones. Baseball has some electric environments because it is like a light switch, basically, mm-hmm. that is being flipped with one swing of a bat, especially in a big moment. I think it was college baseball was the first crowd back that I say. It might have been Mississippi State. Dinger, and then the or maybe it was Ole Miss. I forget who it was. But the place went bananas. And I remember thinking... We're back. Yeah. Holy mm-hmm. shit. We are back. Environments are back. People are going crazy. They're spilling drinks on each other that they had. I mean, it was it was crazy. I was like, we're and then lo and behold, we we were not back just yet. No, not at all. No, no, no. I don't know what happened to all those kids going crazy in the stands, but we were not back yet. And now it feels like every college game is filled, yeah. every NFL game is filled. People are still losing jobs, I guess, but it feels like we're And no Christmas. Don't forget no Christmas. Uh-huh. Well, oh, was it canceled? Pending uh, Halloween and things. You gotta wait. You uh, wait Santa, for the LC. I think what they were saying is Santa, you know. Santa might have COVID. This feels like this is just a Rudy, Rudy type story. You know, at the end he's gonna beat oh, him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah, Santa came through. Feel good. Feel good. Australia has it figured out right now, don't they? Well, uh, see, that's funny. I, 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 the last I had heard of Australia is they were still completely locked down or whatever because they had opened and they had closed and they opened then they closed and then who knows where they're at now? All I know is. The West Coast Eagles, dude, with Bailey, are about to run the AFL for the next You're goddamn Western, right. Western no, no, no. You got it. The Western West Coast Bulldogs. Eagles. Keep saying it. Yeah. And, uh, right. Will, and behold, we checked this morning. It turns out the grand finale was a couple weeks ago. Season's over. Who no! won? Did we win? Western Bulldogs? Got routed in the championship. No! Oh, we're in the championship? That fucking almost well, flew a flag, pal. Fucking Melbourne. Melbourne went to sales. They won? The yeah. whole thing? That Melbourne. was my team, I think. No, Melbourne no, wasn't your no. team. You had four teams, and Melbourne yeah. wasn't one yeah, of them. Richmond was your team, pal. I think I switched off with them, too, at some point. No, no. Spaghetti! 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 Okay, Diggs. Oh. Uh, this is in your boots, sir. <laughs> Watch that foot. Watch that foot. Don't break it again. There's a lot of glasses over here. Oh, that's a great fucking punch here, dude. Yeah, I'm, can I'm you throw? Can you underhand spin it, or do you have no, to? No, I think you have to. It, you have to bop it. Dun, 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 dun. Bop it. I think you have to pull it, and then you punt it everywhere. All they do is punt. Steelers do that in the off season. Stop it. They play that. 
right, hey, we'll get to the break. What's your deal? It's like training. It. It's like a cross training. The Seahawks, they do the, the rugby. Spank it. Bop, bop. Can't thank everybody enough for all the time invested in this dumbass show. The fact you allow us to be a part of your day-to-day, we are eternally grateful for. Aaron Rodgers giving us 40 minutes every single Tuesday in the middle of the season to chit-chat about any and everything that has happened to him in his life currently or in the past. I mean, it's, it's a dream come true. Thank you all so, so much. We're back tomorrow with the Coach Us Up Chuck segment. And uh, hopefully more great chitter-chatter about the world of sports. Hashtag end the pod squad. Continue to let us know where you're at on the Twitter. Continue to give away some merch. Ty's in charge of that, so hit him up as well. And uh, be a friend, tell a friend. Ty, please play some independent music and propel these beautiful people into a nice Aaron Rodgers Tuesday evening. We'll see you tomorrow. Cheers.